Hello, it is Monday, August 16th. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Great conversations today with AJ Hawk, Kirk Herbstreet, the boys. Preseason football is happening, life's happening. Let's go. Let's enjoy the hell out of this Monday. The NFL season's right around the corner. Football is in the air. Let's enjoy this day. And if you do enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. Had a wild weekend celebrating Jason McAfee. Hey, happy birthday, Jay. Hey, happy birthday, Jay. We'll talk about all that throughout the day. Obviously, it'll probably get brought up numerous times. The amount of Italians back in Pittsburgh. I've always said, hey, a lot of Italians, a lot of Italians, a lot of Italians. I feel like we've talked about Italians more than any other show, maybe until Cuomo did his thing about Italians uh and that whole thing. But I forgot how many... It's even more than I recall. A lot of times. Yikes. We stayed in uh, a Rick Shooty neighborhood while we were driving past the Petropolis. Okay. I ran into the Bellino family who was up on the field kicking balls. We had the future of uh, Plum Kicking, by the way. There's another one, blonde-haired kid named Angelo Bellino. He's 14 years old, got an absolute cannon. He's going to go. Obviously, Meraldo was there. Peronio was there. Impavito did not show up. We went, I mean, it was just the Italians were in abundance. And on our way out of town, we stopped at this little brick thing in the middle of a parking lot called Scoops, this ice cream... There's this probably 40-year-old Italian lady who did not have any time for any of our shit. Just sent us on our way out. One of Jay's friends from Indiana that got invited back, uh, he asked uh, for pistachio ice cream is what he asked for. Mm. So I stopped at this little scoops place like two minutes from the airport we're flying out of. And it's literally just one window. You drive through and there's a line. I mean, it was was the only place in town. Uh, We go, what do you want? I go, I'm reading your order. Can, Can we get pistachio ice cream? She basically, where, where the fuck pistachio is? <laughs> what is this? Get the hell out of town. It was an amazing weekend. Jay, I can't thank you enough. Excited to be here. Got a chance to catch up with all the preseason games this morning. Didn't watch the entirety, obviously, of most of them, but we got a chance to see all the highlights. Excited to chat about all of that and more. Joining us early, as opposed to a normal 1 o'clock start Eastern Daylight Time, to join us for this first hour before he goes and saves the world with his brother-in-law, Brady Quinn. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Yeah! How are you, Mr. Hawk? What's up, guys? I know you had a very eventful weekend, so I'm sure uh, you'll talk about it as the show goes. I'll come back and watch it later, hopefully. Well, no, listen. I mean, we can get right to it because you did text me yesterday, how's the bachelor party? And as I want to respond to you, I actually fell asleep on my phone. So, I mean, it was a long Friday. Tulsa was great, by the way. Ooh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like yeah, are you a champion now or something? Are you a champ? I, didn't, I yeah. saw some pictures. We did it. We won the Intercontinental Championship. Me, King Nakamura, and Rick Boogs. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! I mean, come we're, on! We're the champions. Name name. A better trio right yeah you tell me i don't think anybody can actually king nakamura uh, went to his twitter account and put uh crown guitar and uh football and he said name better trio i think in japanese by the way oh really sweet international superstar pat mcvee okay rick boogs and king nakamura but yeah we did it we won championship did not know that was happening by the way had no idea and then i was like oh i think i won now too i think (laughs) and then boogs comes flying up on the table it's like oh i'm supposed to get up here with him i was yelling in michael cole's microphone from the uh from the desk while standing there go to hell cole (laughs) while he was i did not know those microphones were so good at 
funneling out all the excess noise because I was yelling in his face and I watched it back couldn't hear me say anything kind of a bummer <laughs> wasted a lot of energy there got tired but I had a lot of a lot of fun in Tulsa we tried to stop and buy some dope there it's only medical I guess I thought we were oh, really yeah, Come on, Oklahoma. yeah it's only medical and Nick got kicked out they said do you have a license go back into that fucking tornado that's about to come through here I mean it was a good hmm. little stop in Tulsa tornado alley who knew it actually oh, is yeah. yeah there was oh, yeah. there was a flood Nick's got actual uh, footage of him trying to drive to the dispensary to pick up some dope, and he drives through a flood, and then there's a homeless man pooping right across the street. Oh, jeez. Yeah, from yeah. there. Welcome to Tulsa. Thank yeah, well, Cleveland. had to poop during the rain, though. That was smart because it was like he had a wet wipe. Yeah, true. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? true. You got to take advantage of those storms whenever you're homeless and you're pooping, you know what I mean? And that's what he did. But Tulsa was incredible, very nice, hopped on a plane, got back to Pittsburgh about 1 a.m., 1.15 a.m., tried to stop and buy some uh, booze at a place we used to stop at called Big Dogs. That place has been turned into a place called Shooties, very different animal. As soon as we walked in, though, to pick up some brujas, uh, we saw a lady who we didn't know was working at this place. She was coming out of the bathroom, though, and uh, she had one, and she wanted to grab for some sort of uh, something to brace her really? yeah. and it did not show up for her at that moment and she flat back bump Ooh. she took a bump oh. right as soon as we walked as she's reaching literally you walk into this place it's back in plum so there's obviously going to be a little bit of something anywhere and as soon as you you i see her, i go nick i yell <laughs> and i point and all he sees is her head disappear from below there and at that oh, exact geez. moment right we knew okay we're about to have a weekend here okay? yeah. <laughs> we're about to have a weekend here get some beers we're only allowed one case per okay whatever rules we got going on sounds good this ain't my big dogs now with a new name and new face but they were very nice to us it was great we go back to the house we're staying at we were staying at a a very nice couple's house ain't that right jay i mean it was a, i've never stayed in a house that was that lived in before that yeah was jay was sleeping in their interesting. bed jay wow. was sleeping in their bed they lived there what They're, do you mean by lived in like dirty and gross no it wasn't like a professional like airbnb it was like these people would just get away on the weekends and they're like here take our house take our house they like, actually they live in there live live there you and there's the, like what they're like Condom wrappers on the nightstand and stuff. Now these people aren't using condoms. We don't think that's what we're saying. Wow. It is a very, very. I mean, they were a straight edge crowd. I think this crew and uh, we opened it and you got like their Lego waffles sitting in there. It's like, do I eat these people's? <laughs> My it's, well. it's two, three a.m. I'm very hungry. It or? is a cheat day, and they have an entire. It was very much their house though. Like you know what I mean? Like they yeah. were there. They were living in there. So it was a nice house. It was very cool. We were in CFO Phil's neighborhood though, and I guess as soon as we rented the house. The entire neighborhood found out that we were going in there. So the next morning when we woke up to go out and golf, we opened it. It was like the entire neighborhood was just staring at our house. Okay, so I'm running on a couple hours of sleep. I'm sleeping on the couch or whatever. We we did take off to the moon immediately upon sure. landing, and we had to wake up early to go golf or whatever. Open the door. Neighbors across the street sitting there. All the kids staring at the house. Next door, everybody staring at the house. Hey, he's coming out. People walking out. How's it going? And I was like, oh, man, I am not. All right. All right. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Everybody was incredibly nice. Everybody it's like was James Harden. It's like the video that you you imposed yourself with James Harden. Basically, <laughs> that you relive that. Pretty much, but we're standing on top of this driveway, looking down at everybody. You know what I mean? So it was like kind of an interesting, whatever it was. Very friendly neighborhood. Everybody was real nice. We go to the golf course, lose our minds for seven hours. Yeah. I mean, had the entire golf course rented out to, uh, for the group. We had Ooh. a blast. We drank a lot. The owner is a friend of ours. Uh, he played golf. With, I mean, it was just a great time. But I think we got too intoxicated, Jay. Like I, I think that is. The sun came out and it really took a turn. It was a seven-hour round. Yeah, it was seven hours of golfing Jeez. out there in the middle of the hills. Yeah, when that sun came out, I think it definitely took it 
all out of us. Yeah, sure. and we just had a never-ending supply Wait, of booze. 18 holes, the 18 holes in seven hours? Seven and a half, I think, is what it actually was. Wait, but and you had the time. whole course rented out? Yeah. How many groups? Well, it was one, one big one. So what were you guys doing for seven and a half hours? They were having playing, a good fucking time. Playing golf. Golf. Oh, we're dude. matriculating our way. Hey, I knew. You know what's best is I knew as I was asking you follow up questions that Nick was just steaming back there. He gets so mad when I ask questions. Well, we were ten. We were ten wide on every hole, and we we're playing a scramble. You know, because there were some people that should never picked up a golf club, and they never have actually. And then there, we had a guy who Jay's friends with who was trying to get into the U.S. fucking Open at one point. Damn, so, I mean, there was quite a range of golfing abilities. So we just did a 10-person scramble, two teams of five, and just took our time and got incredibly intoxicated. And it was, it was a blast. Jay's team won. Congrats, Jay. Wow. 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 Jay. No, Jay had a lot of good ball. Jay's a much better golfer than I. I think I'd seen him at the last time he played. Now he actually uses a driver. Jay was big time three wood off the deck in a tee in a tee box. A par five guy. You know what I mean? Wow. Not using uh, driver because he had bad experiences. Just got one. I think Jay's a, a whole new golfer. But then we we're gonna go to dinner after that. You know, so we did go to dinner, and then it was like the dinner was good, but it was very, you know, we were all zombies at that point. Sure. Uh-huh. And there was a lot of dope flying around. There was a lot of booze, and we had been outside for eight hours and in the sun cooking. I mean, just absolutely cooking. We get to this dinner. You know, we see some people we know, full conversations. But then it, it, it's like 9, 10 o'clock, and it's like, what are we? We're not going home right now, are we? So we obviously go to the fucking casino. Ooh, yeah. here we go. Okay, in the casino in Pittsburgh, everybody knows all roads lead to the casino in Pittsburgh. If you're in Pittsburgh, if you're from Pittsburgh, you're visiting Pittsburgh, all roads lead to the Rivers Casino. That's just how it goes. You And for a long time, we've always said, and Foxy lives by this code because he has seen it in action, you come to Pittsburgh as a visitor, you go to the Rivers, yep. you get like 200, 300 bucks worth of chips, you're tipping the city. Yep. That money's never coming back. That You do not win at Rivers Casino. Pay your dues. You just go in there and you just pay them money and then you leave. It's like, hey, Pittsburgh, take care of me this weekend. I don't want to end up like that guy that Aaron Donald saved <laughs> on the south side of Pittsburgh Ooh. where he almost died because yeah. that can't happen in Pittsburgh. So you're just basically going and tipping the corner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, going, you're going to the Rivers Casino. I need 300 bucks chips. You guys just keep it. I <laughs> don't even give me the chips, actually. Just take it. That's how it's going to go. Let me tell you, this one went. Okay, place was packed, obviously. A lot of fans in there. We appreciate the hell out of all of you for saying hello and being nice. Seems like a lot of guys using fake IDs to get into that casino. Wow. Uh, Tighten up. Saw a couple 12-year-olds on Blackjack Day. Well, no big deal. I hope they get their money. But it was very fascinating to see how packed out it was. Uh, and guess what starts happening? You What's know, that? we sit at a $50 min blackjack table. The only places that were open gave Jay some money. Jay's playing with his own money. Me and Jay are playing. Somebody else is playing. Uh, there was a dealer named Nathan. That guy might have been the greatest fucking blackjack player to ever play uh, blackjack. Oh, <laughs> no. Ever. Most electrifying as well. He's a fan of the show. Big shout out to him. He could have done us some favors. He did not. I'm, we're talking, hey, Pat, here's 20. Hey, Jay, here's 19. Okay, hey, guy that was playing at the end of the table who was much more miserable than us. I don't know what he had going on. I don't... Yeah, he'd been there a while. He was probably way down. He was not happy about what was going on. <laughs> hey, here's 18, and then dealer showing like a four or three. Nathan, this guy, best blackjack player of all time. We're all like, hey, we're in the money here. $50 men, so you can see how the, the hands could potentially go and pick up pace a little bit. And then he would turn, obviously, 
Six card 21. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, all right, all right, we get it, Nathan. We get it. We understand how this casino works. You take all our money. So then he did that. He proceeded to do that, what, like 10, 15 straight hands, I think. Pretty close, yeah. And I got to the point, I'm like, I'm fucking out of here. So I pick up that money. We're all about dead tired. Let's go home. We just had a little bit of a night. Members of our crew were passed out sleeping in the sports book. Damn. Like full body passed out on the thing. I mean, we there was, it looked like the, the beaches of Normandy with our crew <laughs> yeah. around the casino in different spots. You know, it was a whole scene. So as we're walking out, I have a few chips left. We put them on black, obviously. Might as well. Boom, obviously black hits. Mm-hmm. Okay. So somebody at the table goes, oh, run it back. I think bitch is what was said. Whoa. And I like, Whoa. Looked at him like, yeah, you're right, man. It'd be much easier for me just to leave here without these chips. Anyways, that's kind of what Pittsburgh is. So I run it back. Guess what? Black hits again. Here we go. So then, hey, one more time. You won't do it again. All right, fuck it. Run it back again. All of a sudden, I have a lot of money. Yeah. You know, things start <laughs> yeah. happening whenever that starts hitting. Three quick spins. Shout out to, uh, I think his name was Derek, who did the spinning. Shout out to him. I get my money. Oh, now I have a shit ton of money. Oh, my God. I've never done this before, I don't think. I got to go to the cashier. Okay? I got to go cash out of here. Yeah. This is awesome. Nobody does this in Pittsburgh. I guess their new racket is they'll let you in, but you can't make it to the cashier. 55-minute wait to get to the cash. No. Oh, my God. It's the first time anybody has ever won at the Pittsburgh Casino ever. I don't think their cashiers knew what to do. I think they had to do an, I think they had to do an entire course on how we actually give money back to people because that line, it, they had a full snake. snake, and then it went around past the cafe to get to the cashier. And I'm like, of course. They've never had to fucking do this before. Yeah. So I just gave all my money. To one of my brother's friends that lives in Pittsburgh and say, hey, fucking come back at some point. So I lost. I won and I lost. That is what the Pittsburgh casino is. I won and I still lost, but we had a great weekend, so it feels like it all worked out. Shout out to everybody back in Pittsburgh. It was amazing seeing everybody, uh, and thanks for all the hospitality back there. But, yeah, it was unbelievable, AJ. I mean, couldn't even take my money on when I won because it would have been like 7 a.m. I would have got out of there. I was like, ah, who has the time to win here? Nobody. Sounds like a great plan. Like, don't they see? They seem like they have it all figured out. Like, even if for some reason you do win, they're not, they're going to put barricades in, in the way so you cannot actually get cash back. And they know if it's you, you especially are going to forget about those $18,000 in chips you have under your mattress. Well, it's not, they're not under my mattress, they're under one of my brother's friends. <laughs> yeah. And I, I told him to hold on to those. He was pushing Bitcoin hard all weekend. I was like, hey, these chips are really? never going to change price. You're yeah. sucking. Make sure you get in there. Make sure you get in there before nah. the river sells out. And I don't think they will ever. We touched on the golf real briefly before. Are you going to talk about the video you took of CFO Phil and what happened to him? There's no? some damning evidence of CFO Phil in the golf course this past weekend. He did have a lot of great shots, but it just so happened that every time I was filming, he had his worst appearances. <laughs> And he wasn't exactly thrilled about the cameras. You know, no cameras. Sure, sure. Phil also showed up six holes late. Uh, oh, did he? Phil. Yeah, Phil also wasn't at his house whenever we took our bus to his house to pick him up because he said, hey, I'd like to tag along with you guys today. 20 minutes before then. So cool. We drive our bus past his neighbors. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Good to see you. Up to his house. Knock on his door. Little Phil answers. <laughs> okay, little Phil answers. <laughs> I think his wife said everybody. I'm like, oh, no. Did Phil tell the family he's with me? And I'm just showing up. Hey, where's, where's Phil? <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought hey, I thought Phil caught himself in some shit or whatever. You know, I'm like, I'm, hey, your dad's a good guy. I told little Phil. <laughs> hey, no matter what you hear, your dad's a good guy. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. But your dad's a good guy. You know, like, good to see you. And then 
Well, I go back to the bus. I'm like, I think I just fucked up Phil's life here. You know, like, I think it was a real problem. We FaceTime Phil. We're like, where the hell are you? He's like, I'm at the fields, dude. We got to fix the fields before baseball season or before a tournament or something. I'm like, you literally just fucking said, can you tag along? He said, I got to finish here and then I'll see you. I'm like, does your family know that you're at the fields or whatever? Because I just showed up at your house. He said, I heard my neighbors told me that you were knocking on my door or whatever. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So Phil shows up six holes in. And I'll tell you what, it did not take him long. He got right into the swing of things. And then in the most beautiful golf hole in the history of golf, yeah. he took a big boy hack at it. And he called this a practice swing, which we did not take into account. He did knock it off the tee early. Obviously, this is a lot of Phil. Uh -huh. Sure. A lot of Phil. But Phil... I have never seen That's a foot and a half behind the ball. Never seen it. I don't even know if they would count that as a stroke because of how far behind. Here's our guy, Chris. He owns the course. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I've never seen that big of a difference between where your club hit and then he obviously slaughtered that one about two, three fairways left. And this is not a good indication of how Phil played the entire day. But there was 10 guys. I was trying to film everybody, you know. It was kind of a little different. Every time I was trying to get a good one to fill, something terrible happened. I mean, it was just, I didn't mean to post it either. I accidentally, no. yeah. I typed it up and it accidentally went out oh, there. Oh, shit. It was fucking awesome to see Phil again, obviously. He is an absolute stud and a savage. And he graced us with his presence, which we're very thankful. Yeah. Aren't we, Jake? Oh, we're awesome. very, thankful very thankful for Phil blessing us with his presence. Us. Yeah. yeah. That was very nice of him to do that, AJ. But I sent some sarcasm there. What's, what's going on? Well, I mean, he said, can I tag along with you guys today? And then we fucking take the bus to his house. It's a scene. It's a scene. He knows it's a scene. Yeah. We know it's a scene. Everybody knows it's a scene. Well, like, I'm the idiot. He starts talking to me. Like, I'm the, we're the idiot. I'm cleaning the fields. <laughs> what, how the fuck am I supposed to know? I mean, it was just, it started with, uh, we're in his neighborhood. We are, we are 10 houses away <laughs> from him. It's an entire scene. He did help us out and hook us up with everything, though. Let's not get crazy. The nice. reservation we had, sure. which had incredible chicken parm. Oh, that chicken, the best. the best chicken parm I've had in a long, long time. Phil did a lot in his golf game, did not get displayed well because honestly, that's the only footage we have. He hit like a 390 yard drive maybe on the last hole. Damn. Didn't get any footage of it until afterwards. Camera's thrown out. Like, hey, look where this landed, you know, which is kind of tough for him. I, I didn't mean for that, but at that point, we could have never expected him to have success, and he did. How about the people, though? The people of Pittsburgh were awfully nice to you, greeted you, sent you off with a with a good farewell as well when you were leaving Sunday morning. The neighborhood oh, uh, guy yeah. walking his dog just really made you feel at home. Yeah, so much like the first day, Saturday, whenever we walk out of this house in this neighborhood where everybody knows we're there. So it's like it, as soon as we started smoking, I assume all the kids in the neighborhood were like, uh, uh, they're smoking cigs out <laughs> And neighbors were like, nah, nah, shut your noses. <laughs> Shut your noses. That ain't happening. But on Sunday morning, you know, it was a little bit later sleeping. We were debating on whether or not to go golf again when we were very drunk. Sober mind Sunday morning. I think everybody looked in. No, we ain't doing that. We no slept way. in a little bit. And uh, I don't know how the entire neighborhood knew when we were coming out of that house. But as we were coming out, they might have had, like, eyes on us, actually, with, like, binoculars. As we were coming out. Neighbors across the street were there. A friend had just arrived from somewhere uh, at the neighbor's house. Huh. Then somebody else over here. Then a 65-year-old man wearing Crocs walking. His American Bulldog was walking down the street. He goes, hey, podcast guy. That's what he says to me. <laughs> so I, I am in an incredible state of mind at this yeah. point. We're just trying to go get some Rudy subs, which rest in peace. We found no. out. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, COVID, you motherfucker. Okay. 
COVID has done a lot of terrible things, obviously. Mm -hmm. Okay? I don't have to say them all because we'd be here all day. We don't have enough time. Yeah. A lot of great humans, you know, lost their lives to COVID. There was a lot of things that got shut down and stopped, and our world's never going to be the same because of COVID. But I'm going to let you know from where I'm sitting, I'm going to really hold a grudge with COVID for a long time because of what they did to Rudy's fucking subs. I think... I think Rudy Subs is over. I, no. No. Open sign on. Schedule on front door says, hey, we are open right now where you are there. Door locked, nobody inside. My God. What? Two days straight. Oh, you guys tried multiple times. We did. We sent a runner the first day. Okay. So Rudy's might be dead. Unfortunately. Tried to call the phone number was disconnected. No, yeah. What? Oh. Jay, Jay, you, Jay, thank you for reminding me of that. Sorry, but yeah, Jay. that did happen. Jay, it was on speakerphone, and obviously, as soon as that thing went to this lumber is no longer. It was, oh, oh. gut punch! Didn't want to have to do this again. But we have to. We have a moment of silence for Rudy Sub's greatest sandwich on fucking Earth, dude. Greatest submarine on planet Earth, dude. It's not a hoagie either. Fucking scram. They have meatball subs. All right. I don't think do they, they do. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I'm sure Nick gets I the don't think, I don't think they No, he gets the Italian probably because it's the greatest sandwich they got or the steak and cheese maybe. What? Uh, yeah, I get an Italian from there. I, I honestly don't know if they do or not from there. Which even more so, best fucking sub joint of all time. They will not even stoop to the depths of hell that you all do with meatball subs. They're like, yeah, we ain't doing it. All right, you didn't even say all that. If you yeah, want to on. On. eat a meatball alongside a pasta or something, you can do that, but you ain't putting it on a goddamn fucking sandwich anywhere it's supposed to live. Can you imagine the gravy Zito? that Rudy's probably had? Hold on, Zito. What are you talking about here? Oh, uh, they do. I just looked at the menu. Yeah, but that menu is from a closed store. We don't know if that's uh, we, don't, we don't know if that's an updated menu or not. And maybe they added it, and that's what happened. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not going to say it, but we we tried to get Rudy's. All right, we tried to eat it, and it is no. That is a place I want to let you know that I will try to keep alive. You know how the South Park guys try yeah. to keep, it got that restaurant Cast in Denver. Bonita, yeah, mm -hmm. they bought them. Rudy's is something that. I know nothing about the food industry. I actually quit it two weeks into my work stay at Rudy's because I was sending orders down to another place that I thought, you know, we're all going to keep the money in the same. I guess I was deterring customers, how they described it. But I got, <laughs> I got, I got asked out of there. We will bring Rudy's back. Well, it sounds like they've just adopted some of your practices from back in the day. What's that? Like, uh, go yeah. Subway. We'll leave the sign open, but... I never sent anybody to Subway. You hear me? I sent them to another Rudy's. That was maybe closer to them. All right? It might have been further as well, but we had 100 Italian subs on the line already, dude. Don't be or You ain't going to get yours till lunch tomorrow, dude. You might as well go down. You might as well go down there. That one. is awesome. Well, oh, well, man. Well, I was bummed, though. That sandwich was so good. I hope they're not dead for real, but... Yeah, it was a great weekend. A lot of shit talking. Rudy's is out. We ate at Puglioni's. John Puglioni came out from behind the kitchen. <laughs> I, saw him, I saw him look at us in the order we made, and he uh, he might have drank like four beers and then went back and was like, fuck these guys. <laughs> we only had to eat there because Rudy's was closed, though, so that was kind of a problem. There was a review a week ago, and it said it was absolutely amazing, so at least it was open last week. Yeah, what are, they, are they picking and choosing days? Maybe. Let's hope it's not dead forever. That place is too damn good for that. If they started GoFundMe, we also saw our house. That got, um, oh, yeah. we stopped by and saw the house that had a tree fall on it before we got out of town. Oh, yeah, it was pretty, you know, it was a nostalgia weekend, I think, and couldn't even win from the casino. It's Pittsburgh. Too many Italians. There was yeah. a lot of Italians. Yeah, you could say. I mean, uh, there was. Perfect amount of Italians. It was a great time. 
you felt you felt welcomed. Well, that's because he is Italian, though. Yeah, I am 0.01% Italian. I think that was my first time hanging out with that many Italians. And not one of you, them, I guess you kind of did talk about it. Not one of them said, hey, great to have you as an Italian now after all the things you've said about us for all those years. Really? Welcome. I was not welcomed at all. What? Because I thought that's what we did. No matter what they did, we welcomed it. That's a good even point. That, that's what DeGiulio told us last yeah, week. Yeah. He was like, hey, it doesn't matter. We're Italians. We stick together or whatever. I had wedding soup and nothing was said. Bop, bop, boo. There was none of that. <laughs> Certainly no one said Bapa Boo. <laughs> they should have. Hey, they had a mascot. This uh oh Johnny Boglione's down there. They had a uh, <laughs> Are these all real people you mentioned real names? I don't know if his name is John or not, but <laughs> Sounds right. Pugliano's is the name of a place. Okay. Every Italian name we have said said is the name of somebody we encountered this weekend, okay? And I think people think I'm bullshitting when I say this. It is the densest Italian community in the world. Maybe even more so than Italy nowadays. I don't know how... Not dense like dumb. Dense like there's a lot of them. Well, hand in hand for some people. Not (laughs) in that particular world. But we go to Pugliano's, which took the place of uh, Smarty Arties. Smarty Arties was moving kilos like shiny flakes out of the back of the kitchen so they had to get shut down that was a massive part of my childhood massive Wait, part. what's it called so it was called smarty arties all right smarty arties <laughs> it was had the best wings on earth turns out there was potentially crack in the wings that everybody said for a long time like yo this shit is so good it's like crack they had a whole operation I, and i just learned this i learned a lot about a lot this weekend from going back home by the way about either updates that i haven't heard or other things i guess the fbi was investigating the Plum Police, and they were the ones that found out that Smarty Arties, which is my dream wing place growing up, where all the kids got sent basically as children. Ah, fuck, I'm sending them to Smarty Arties. There was a play place. Cruising USA was in there. Oh. Wings, pizza. It was just, it was awesome. Just go down there. It was so good. The I guess there was members of the Plum Police that were actively a part of the Smarty Arties drug operation. Oh. It wasn't until the FBI investigated the Plum Police. Now, this is alleged that... So it was actually the plum cops running an operation out of there where, uh, ah. where we were hanging the FBI hmm. busted it. And then there was an entire... Anyways, plum's filled with awesome. A lot of awesome. Got a chance to see that. And then there is some... Uh, what the fuck is going on in that place? How oh. can all of those things happen in one town continuously? I think there's a lot of those question marks happening. But yeah, John Pugliano, he came out. This guy, I don't know if he's the owner or not. But I looked around and I said, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of Italians working here, Nick. You know, we're at Pugliano's. Yeah. Like, hey, here we go. And he goes, in the kitchen, pal. And then, like, right on cue, this fucking massive guy comes walking out, <laughs> like 80 years old with a mustache. Ooh. And I see him just look around and pours himself a drink. And he just turns and I go, is that fucking John Pugliano? <laughs> and he just wanders his ass back into the kitchen. And we got our food, like... Uh, two or three hours later or whatever. Oh, no, I'm, joking. I'm joking. Come on. We ordered everything on the menu. I mean, you know what I mean? There was How nothing. was yeah. it? Great. Unbelievable. I don't know if they still got the same crack shit that Smarty already said. But, I mean, it was a great weekend. We had a blast. I'm incredibly tired right now, but I'm not hungover. The body feels good. AJ, how was your weekend? Did you do anything cool? I know today you're about to go save some war- uh, save the world a little bit, right? Oh uh, No, I mean, my, my brother-in-law's annual golf outing is this afternoon, so that's why I have to – I came on early. But no, man, normal – Football stuff. We got Brady's whole event is this weekend, so he's been in town. Got to see him. Got to hang out with a couple of his buds that came in town last night. So yeah, it's been good. What you guys go boozed up? You guys drink beer? Or you guys just drink what? protein shakes? What? Just protein shakes all day. Yeah. 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 Brady Quinn looks like a guy who just he'll eat 
eat two five six protein shakes and yeah. wake up in the morning. Yeah. Give me another muscle milk. Especially at the Hawk House. You guys are yeah. all probably oh. trying to out-alpha each Ooh. other. Yeah. Oh, you got Chopper coming in. there. Hey, Chops, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> and that whole, I mean, is that what that is? That might be the most testosterone in the history of a home. Is General Bob Carpenter hanging out this weekend with Brady and you? Uh, Bob is not. I don't know if Bob's playing in the event today or not, but I have not seen him this weekend. Yet. I saw him shirtless on a radio show last week. Yeah. Is he... <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. He's doing a. It was like a serious show, I think, for whatever the Big Ten channel, maybe. Serious. Yeah, Ben Hartsock screenshotted it and put it up. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes. It's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Huh? Lasts a long time. Banging it's, up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom, That's right. dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David <laughs> Population, you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. You. Joining us now... <laughs> One of the the face of college football, a man who has always been nice to us and appreciative of us, and the reason why I think I got on College Game Day a couple times to begin with, ladies and gentlemen, he has a new book that is out now, Out of the Pocket, Football Fatherhood and College Game Day Saturdays. Ladies and gentlemen, former Ohio State quarterback, Kirk Herbst. What up, dude? My man, my man. What's up? How we doing? I'm great. How are you? You're not going to give me an OH right out of the gate, huh? Uh, I wanted to sneak it in there just to see how we feel. I don't know if you heard. I went to uh, one of those cult things at AJ's house a couple weeks ago. I was in the middle of all of it, dude. I was in the middle of all of it. Dude, dude, how many OHs did you drop? (laughs) Hey, I had a couple cocktails. You know, I had a couple cocktails, a couple vitamins, and there was a mic just floating around. I mean, how how could you not grab it? It's amazing. It is one of the best things, by the way. One of the biggest traditions in college football, which seems like the tradition might be changing a little bit across the board. And I know you are 
I mean, you've dedicated your life to college football at this point. Literally, you have dedicated your life. It's what you'll be remembered for forever, your incredible coverage. It feels like college football is about to get uh, some big changes. Do you think the realignment conversations, and I, I don't know your thoughts on it. I followed along a little bit. I assume I know your standpoint on it. But do you think that's happening because of the potential name image likeness changing and people trying to catch up with whoever? And how do you kind of see it all panning out, Kirk? First of all, real quick, you and I are on the field of the national championship, and you were doing um, kind of you were doing a pregame deal, and you were live. I didn't realize, it, and, and we, you were like, "I'm gonna drop. We're gonna drop some weight. We're, we're gonna we're gonna we're getting serious." <laughs> and, and and I was like, "Yep, yeah, let's do it. Off season. Here we go." Well, one of us took that seriously, evidently. You you looking lean and mean. Oh, okay. Herbie, thank you. It was live, by the way. We were live simulcasting on ESPN2. You and I, thank you. Yeah, I mean, is it diet? Is it lifting? I mean, what the hell's going on there? (sighs) Herbie, you and I... Is it Friday night big-time wrestling? I mean, what's going on? Okay, all of that could be included, Herbie. You and I, you know, we both come from towns, I think, where people enjoy eating. You and I are both people that, hey, we see the people on Instagram and on TV that are in incredible shape, and we don't fully understand how you don't eat the pizza that is available for you right there. I don't, you and I both, we don't understand it. So I think that moment where we got to talk just moments before you had to call, I don't know, 100 million people watching you, like before those things where I go, hey, you know what, this offseason, Herbie, we're going to get after it. I have, yep. The intermittent fasting is what I do. So I just uh-huh. eat for a certain amount of hours and I fast for the rest. But I want to let you know, Herbie, in those hours, I do get after it on a few on a few days. So I, I feel you, like I've found you, my home. You're still gorging every once in a while? You're still getting after it? Yeah, I had the uh, batch, my brother's bachelor weekend here this past weekend. I ate uh, a lot of ice cream. What? what? A lot of pizza. What? A lot of wings. What? Had a couple beers. What? Some whiskeys. What? Had a lot of stuff this weekend, Herbie. But yeah, I got to get back into the fast. What are you doing? You look incredible as well, sir. I'm just trying to keep up, man. You know, you get to my age, it's just, you're just trying, you're trying to get singles and doubles. You know, we're not hit, trying to hit home runs like you. <laughs> We're just trying to get on base. On base percentage at this point is key. Yeah, Ichiro, you know what I mean? Just trying to spray the yard yeah. a little bit. Just trying yeah. To, yeah, I understand. But your answer to your question, uh, <laughs> oh, man, it's like a tsunami right now. man. I, I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. We got name, image, and likeness. We got transfer portal. We got uh, Texas and OU now in the SEC. We got everybody else scrambling to figure out what they're going to do. Um I could sit here and BS and got, kind of tell you this is what I think is going to happen, but I, I think right now I don't know if the conference commissioners know what's going to happen. I, it feels like that we're headed to four premier, big, huge 16-team conferences, and it feels like those four conferences maybe would pull away one day from the NCAA, go out and hire a commissioner, mm. uh, whoever that might be, and just kind of create their own world. Uh, that could happen. I don't think like next week, but within the next three to five years, maybe that could happen. I also don't think this playoff is going to go down. I think this playoff is, you know, they're talking about expanding it to 12 teams. After everything that happened with Texas and OU, I see this full cycle. It was a 12-year cycle that started in 14. I think it'll go all the way through until they make a change. I, I just don't, there's too much going on right now for them to be able to say, hey, you know, let, let's change it in 2025. I just, I just don't see that happening. I think it'll be a full entire 12 years, and, and then they'll make the changes. And maybe by then we'll have an idea of what's happening to these teams left in the Big 12. Where's the Big 10 going? What's, what's the Pac-12 going to do, the ACC? Everybody's going to respond to what the SEC has done by flexing its muscles 
uh, by bringing in Texas and OU to what they already had, by the way. Oh, Dabo uh, with the drip, okay, on the TikTok. Oh, Dabo with the drip. <laughs> he said uh, the team doesn't like it. The team has your sons on it. He said they don't want to play more games. And then Dabo said, to be honest, I don't know if there's 12 good teams. I don't know if there's enough good teams to do what everybody's talking about. And I think getting a chance to experience the college football world with you guys and seeing the levels of college football, it feels like everybody is looking to find that SEC level. You said that. Do you think going to four will help heighten some environments and traditions elsewhere? Or do you think some schools are just going to end up falling off and it's only going to be the big dogs to begin with like it kind of is right now already? It's that way, but like I don't know about you, but I, I like the, the the teams that are maybe a, a notch below that, and and I, I like for them to feel like they're playing meaningful games. Yeah, you know, like like I, it sucks that we're just going to look after the the big blue bloods in college football. We we don't want to do that's not good for the game. Um, what's also not good for the game is right now the AP poll came out and we got Bama and we got Clemson, Ohio State. It's almost like Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. Of the four teams, those three are in. Okay, who's the one team that's fighting for a playoff spot? How, how messed up is that? So we, we definitely need to, whether they can win it or not, I don't know. But we need we need the opportunity for more teams to feel like they're involved, more teams to feel like they matter. The way it is right now, it's just it's it's an unfair race, and we need to expand it to bring in more teams. And with the playoffs, by the way, beautiful point. I'm thankful that that's how you view it because you are the voice of college football because I think that's a common sense take, by the way. I think that is very much a common sense take. And I look back to the team that I was on. If I have a better night, if, if our team has a better yeah. night, we're still in it. We still have a chance. You get one loss, and you're one of these teams that isn't. Your season's over. You were running hills 5.30 in the morning all summer. You were doing everything. You have a great team. You have one bad night, one bad day. If you're not one of those big schools, you're out of it forever. If you expand that, at least there's at least two at-large bids. It feels like that people can get to if it goes to six. If it goes to eight, at least a little bit. I just That just feels like that makes a lot of sense. But to your point, there's a bunch going on to focus on just that. That seems like that's an impossible task. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and I think teams like right now we got Iowa State, who's seventh in, in this poll that just came out. We have Cincinnati and Luke Fickle, who's eighth. How, how great is that for college football, that we have teams like that? The teams that you were on, I mean, it, it, and I'm not just teasing you, like, like Steve Slayton, Pat White, uh, Renaud. I mean, that, you guys had some freaky athletes on that team. And West Virginia is not a traditional blue blood. But how great is it for a TCU or a West Virginia to get hot and to be thrown in there with an opportunity to try to beat the Ohio States and the Alabamas? We don't get that right now. So um, I just don't want us to focus just on the money and how much money can we make for these big schools and these big conferences. That's not going to be healthy to me for for the sport. We need to care and, and worry about some of these other, like what's left of the Big 12. Imagine if you're an Iowa State fan right now or a Kansas State fan uh, or a Texas Tech fan or a Baylor fan or Oklahoma State fan. I mean, they, they've been outstanding over the last 15 years. And imagine how they feel. Like, where are they going to go? Are they, they going to be left out? they they got they to gotta join something, right? Are they going to hold on to the Big 12 and try to pick up a few teams like Houston? Is that going to be good enough to, to still be looked at as a premier conference? So, while while we can get excited about Texas and OU going to the SEC, that's fine. It's it's the rich getting richer. 
let, let's focus on Texas Tech. Let, let's focus on Oklahoma State and TCU and West Virginia. And these are good programs, and they need to matter, uh, and they need a place to go uh, as far as still feeling like they're playing important football week in and week out. We're talking to Kirk Herbstreit, the voice of college football, one of the hosts of College Game. How long have you been there, 20 years? Twenty. Uh, this will be my 26th year on, on Game Day. Hey, you still look good, dude. You're talking about how I get to my age. I'm just trying to hit singles and doubles. I think people think you're still in your 30s. You've figured out a way to just stay in the same exact look every single day. Hey, you know, Saturday morning you're going to wake up and there's going to be a blonde-haired dude on the right side uh-huh. and he's going to look good and tell you everything you need to know, Herbie. It's been impressive, dude. Dude, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. At least my, my wife's a clean eater. You know, you ever be around these people that are clean eaters? So I... That rubs off on me a little bit here and there, but she does it like she's like Pollock, like that's all she does. So I, I try to dabble in that the best I can. <laughs> well, if it's around the house, you, I, I'll find myself, you know, at least trying it. Now, whether or not I enjoy it and go back is a whole different story. But we appreciate your time here. What, let's talk about out of the pocket football fatherhood and college game day Saturdays. Did you write this? Is this your first book? And how long did this take? This had to be a grueling process, if I had to guess. Yeah, I, I partnered with Gene Wojciechowski, who, who you know Gene, he yeah. works on game. Just a great guy. It's probably about one of the only people that I would have felt comfortable with in writing a book. First book I've ever written. Um, and, and this is not just a football book. He, he, um, he and I, you know, really he came up with an idea of just talking about my journey, you know, in life. Um, I think it's very different than probably the perception that you just painted of the blonde hair guy over there on the far right. <laughs> you know, because, dude, I... Uh, like you and everybody else, you go through some trials and tribulations. And so for me to open up my heart, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an introverted guy. I don't really do that even with my family. My family's probably going to read this book and learn some stuff about me that, that I, I just don't share a lot. You know, I just hold things in. I don't know if you know people that are that way, but that's, that's just kind of how I've always been. So I've kind of compartmentalized a lot of uh, painful moments that I experienced with my parents' divorce when I was eight years old and stuff that I dealt with um, that I just really never talked about. So this was a very different book than just, hey, let's talk about where it's fun to go to game day and all that. It's um, it's like I said, it's it's kind of my journey. I felt like it was important to share that. Uh, there are a lot of kids that, that uh, go through divorce and some people turn to drugs. Some people go through, they have a lot of hostility and anger. I, I just had an emptiness. You know, my dad was my hero, really, like like for a lot of kids. In my case, living in Ohio, uh, he played at Ohio State. He was a captain there. He coached with Woody. He would take me up uh, when I was younger up to Ohio Stadium and put on Archie Griffin's helmet, you know, in the locker room, introduce me to Woody Hayes. And these people, you know, they were like the, uh, you know, it's like Superman. Here's Aquaman over here. Here's Batman. I mean, it was like, I can't believe I'm meeting these people. And my dad was the reason. And so my dad was my hero. And and then one day I turned eight and uh, my dad was gone. You know, he, he and my mom got a divorce. And and um, after that, I, I moved probably eight times in nine years and didn't really do well as a new kid. Kind of a really, really shy uh, kid and didn't handle all that well. And, and um, thankfully, I didn't turn to drugs, man. I, I turned to sports. That was kind of my outlet was watching sports, uh, playing sports, just always being with my buddies, my buddies and my and sports were my outlet that kind of got me through. Um, you know, I got my mom remarried. I had stepdad, stepsister, stepbrother. My dad remarried, stepmom, stepbrother. They got divorced, got remarried again. So, um, yeah. and all along, I don't know if you know any of that. I, I just, 
I just never told anybody how I ever felt. So in this book, I kind of tell people how I felt. So that, that, that has a lot to do with, with the book. Was it therapeutic in there, I bet, a little bit? Yeah. And, and, and again, because of Gene, I, I think it, it allowed me to, to open up and to talk about stuff that I probably wouldn't have done without him. Um, and then, you know, we got into my playing days and I was very self-deprecating about my bat, my uh, story at Ohio State. You know, I, I went in there as a five-star, can't miss, going to walk in there and start for four years kind of guy. And I ran the wishbone, dude. I, I ran, I, I was a, I was a, a dude was, had some size, but I could run. And, and at Ohio State, they named, uh, they fired Earl Bruce my senior year in high school and waited about a month. And then they named John Cooper. I never really heard of John Cooper, but I didn't care. I was going to Ohio State regardless. And I didn't realize he ran a West Coast offense, and here I am running a, a wishbone. But that just shows you how blinded I was toward Ohio State. Uh, uh, yeah, so I didn't fit, man. I was, I, I, again, I talk about it in the book. I was moved to safety and covering kickoffs and all kinds of shit, man. It was it was nuts. Um, but it, th- that that story and talk about a couple coaches who were pain in the asses that I never really told them about it. And they'll read this book and they'll know that I couldn't stand them. <laughs> Hey, I love that, Kirk. And I think I appreciate you not only doing that for the community so we can read the book and learn from it and future kids can say, hey, okay, even the incredibly handsome, blonde, old-ass man over there on the far right side has been through it and I can make it. You know, that's, that's a big deal, finding motivation and inspiration. So I appreciate you doing that. I think the reason why you don't want to um, probably tell anybody, including your family, you never want to be a burden for somebody, right? Like you never want to be a burden, so you just kind of do your thing and you're living well. So it's like, why would I ever talk about my shit? I'm thankful that you did and plenty of other people will be. I can't wait to read it. The boys have a couple questions for you. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Go ahead, Ty. Kirk, you uh, mentioned the name image likeness earlier. Do you think that the NCAA is going to put any like kind of guardrails on that, or is it going to continue to just be the wild, wild west, and these kids are going to be able to make as much money as, as they possibly can? I think I think they're going to make as much money as they can. I think the, the guardrails are going to have to come um, from Congress, you know, where they're waiting to try to put – a universal rule out there right now the, the state of indiana versus state of florida versus state of ohio versus california everybody has their own rule when it comes to name image and likeness so what ohio state's doing versus what you know notre dame's doing is different versus what texas might be doing and everybody's living by their own rules within their own state and then who's policing this yeah. you know this the, the thing that's crazy is this was not name image like this this is what it was not for you're a five star you can go to any school in the country one weekend you go to LSU and then name, image, and likeness. Well, hey, name, image, here at LSU, we can we can guarantee you this. And then you go to A&M the next week. LSU said that? Well, we'll give you this. Then you go to Ohio State the next week. And they say, well, we can do this. That's not what name, image, and likeness is, is about. And I'm not saying those schools are doing that, but in talking to coaches – that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We assume. We assume yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah, that is happening. And so th- that's not what this is for, is to promise what could be. It's to take an established player who's already on the roster and he's got he's got an opportunity to, to make some money. Then that's that I don't think they're ever going to put a cap on. That, that's just, the, the, you know, that's the free market and that's the new world that we live in. But it'd be great if everybody were playing by the same rules. That 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 part, I think, they're going to have to figure that out, and they're going to have to figure out a way to police it. And that's why the NCAA they're taking step backwards, and that's why I think eventually we're going to get to a world where 
uh, these these bigger conferences are going to break off and, and kind of form their own world where they would have a governing body to help police things like this. Who can regulate the bonuses and what you can do? This yeah. is like the uh, the draft back whenever you know, Mister Jaw who is currently at a golf outing with Brady Quinn back in Columbus, Ohio, (laughs) to save some lives. But when he got drafted five overall, that was back when they were making more money than like 10-year vets that had been around. Matthew Stafford signed for like 60 60 million. million. He hadn't even played a a single down. And and then all of a sudden, a new CBA had come in. I was like, okay, all right, we got to regulate this. All the recruits are getting all the money from this thing to get into school. And then you got a lot of guys who are probably like, this is bullshit. You know who I think is going to crack down on this, Herbie, if you want to be the IRS? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The IRS is going to be the ones that handle this whole thing. A parent or you have somebody, these schools, it's up to these schools to kind of create an arm within their athletic department that helps these guys understand that. Man, I didn't know anything about taxes or IRS. I didn't come from money. There was no reason for me to understand that. But eventually you start to make a little bit of money. (laughs) You're like, okay, we're paying a lot of money to this guy over here. When you're you're a college kid and all of a sudden you sign something for $10,000 or $100,000 or whatever it is, Oh, you better be. You better have somebody teaching you about uh, economics because otherwise, it, that's going to be. You're right. It's going to recalibrate. There's going to be two or three or four stories that surface that everybody's going to panic about, and this thing will recalibrate, and we'll be in a different space in another couple years. I think so too. I think that's just classic business. It always happens. Something gets rolled out. Abuse leads to restriction. Then they kind of figure it out. That's kind of everything. Um, Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Kirk, uh, with this whole NIL thing, do the rich just get richer? Like how are West Virginia and Texas Tech and those kind of smaller schools going to keep up with Bama and Ohio State? Hold on. Now, I have a question for this as well. Thank you for bringing that up, Connor, because like University of Houston, Dana Holgerson, I got a chance to chat with him, and he's like, hey, we got some pretty cool people around this city that like the Houston football team who just so maybe oil money. There might be some other things that are happening. Do you expect not only uh, like how do people keep up, but do you expect some schools that maybe come from maybe like down Georgia Tech, for instance, they got like Coke and Waffle House and everybody in there. Do you think that's going to become a bigger part of this whole story? Sorry, Connor, but that led to that. Do you think that's going to become something? Yeah, I think it could. I think, first of all, anytime something new like this happens, we all throw our arms up and we, we freak out about, oh, my God, can you? this is going to be crazy. I don't know how many players on these rosters are actually going to be cashing in on name, image, and likeness. You know, I, I thought what uh, BYU did the other day, really cool with a built bar, where they covered every kid that's a walk-on. They're like, we're going to put everybody on scholarship. We got all you guys covered. I thought that was that was kind of uh, unique. But, you know, it's 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 going to be the quarterback, right? It's going to be the running back. It, it, it Maybe it's the field goal kicker if he's like an established guy, or it's a, a safety, or it's a linebacker. But it's not going to be the whole roster. So if you're Virginia, um, your quarterbacks, probably the, the alumni there and the boosters there and the businesses that are in that community, I think it may work the opposite. I, may be, I think it can maybe help a West Virginia or a Houston. Instead of getting stacked up at LSU or A&M or some of these other places, why not go be a Derek King or go be a superstar in one of these other schools where you know maybe it's not the same competition for name, image, and likeness like it is at Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson or the powerhouses that you suggested. So you could kind of spin it until we see this, until we have evidence of something. We're all kind of spinning it one way or another, and we have to just wait to see how it comes out. But I, after this rule broke, what, in July? It's been around now for about a month and a half. I mean, other than the Bryce Young story and the kid, uh, Quinn Evers, who left high school a year early because Yours, of, yeah. 
wouldn't let him uh, cash in on name, image, and likeness. Other than like a handful of individual stories, I don't know about you guys. I'm not hearing all this craziness yet with name, image, and likeness that all these these players are cashing in uh, the way I think a lot of people expected them to do. So, again, month and a half in. Let's just kind of see how it goes over the next course of the next few months. We're talking to the voice of college football, Kirk Herbstreit, who has a book out right now called Out of the Pocket Football Fatherhood and College Game Day Saturdays. Oh, ah, oh we just put the uh, book cover up on the screen. You're talking <laughs> handsome, huh? Damn. Oh, my God. Look at this hey. guy. Jeez Louise. Go ahead, Diggs. Kirk, you talked about the AP pool being released today and how awesome it was that Iowa State's at seven, Cincy's at eight. But with Cincy, like, even if they go undefeated, do you think that the college football playoff committee will put them in with against like a one loss Georgia if they have a loss in the SEC title game or something like that? I'm not just saying that because I have a Desmond Ritter thirty to one Heisman trophy <laughs> ticket, but I'm just wondering, do you think that's gonna happen? Kids apart. I love it. Um, here's here's my take on the on the small guy getting the, getting the chance to, to play. Like UCF was bouncing up and down a few years ago that that they deserved a chance. What what I've learned going back to the BCS years is when Kellen Moore and Boise State were out there and nobody really Boise State oh that's a blue turf team yeah the blue turf team like they they took a lot of years of winning until people started to realize that they were legit. And I think it took the game against Oklahoma on a big stage in the Fiesta Bowl when they ended up, you know, having a few plays at the end of the game, uh, Statue of Liberty to win it on a two-point play, and all of a sudden they became a cool brand. And what they did on the back end of that is they played teams like Virginia Tech when Virginia Tech was a top-10 team, and they beat their ass at FedEx Field. They went all the way across the country and beat a good Virginia Tech team. They also beat Georgia in the Georgia Dome. So... All of a sudden, Boise State started to become a brand that people became more familiar with because they'd been around for a long time and they chopped a lot of wood. And all of a sudden, they, they're they're controlling their own destiny with like two weeks to go to get into a BCS when there's only two to get into the championship, and they get upset on a Friday night by Colin Kaepernick in Nevada. Or they're in. So I think with Cincinnati, and I think with the work that UCF did has helped the Cincinnati cause, and then Cincinnati playing well last year and then getting on a big stage themselves. And even though they didn't beat Georgia, they kind of controlled that game if you watched it. And that's the reason if you open up the AP top 10, there's Cincinnati. So they're starting at eight. I don't think there's going to be this ceiling on Cincinnati. And it has everything to do with they can tip their cap to another American team. And it's the American uh, Athletic Conference's uh, UCF. So collectively, as a, as a league, they're showing that they can play with the big boys. And I, it was Cincinnati starting at 8, not 18, 8. If they win games, and by the way, they're playing Notre Dame and they're playing Indiana in the non-conference. You need opportunities to, against teams that the, the media respects. I'm telling you, if Cincinnati and Luke Fickle get on a run early, they win those games against Indiana and, and, and uh, Notre Dame. I don't. I don't think Cincinnati's going to be left out of getting into the playoffs. I wonder if when Notre Dame decided to schedule this, they expected Luke Fickle <laughs> oh. and Desmond Ritter. You know, that, that was always our issue at West Virginia. Is like we we actually had to pick up like Eastern Washington one year because one of the teams dropped out of the deal we're supposed to have because we became a good team. Because if somebody lost early, Notre Dame to a Cincinnati, they're basically out for the rest of the year. Now Notre Dame might power through that because they got Drew Brees on the call right. all year or whatever wow. on NBC. But that's something. Do you think Desmond Ritter and Fickle can do the, uh, you know, the classic yeah. Boise State? I mean, what a night. 
Didn't that dude who was it? Ian? Jared Zabransky. No, who was the running back? Ian, Ian Johnson. Ian Johnson. Oh, yeah. Who was he? Dropped to a knee. Dropped to a knee and, and asked the chick to uh, to marry him. I think they did get married, but congrats to them. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great Statue of Liberty play. Uh, yeah, dude, dude, Cincinnati's real deal. They're almost their entire team. Uh, is back and Ritter. You got thirty to one on him, huh? Mm-hmm. That's pretty darn good. Uh, because the Heisman, as you guys know, the Heisman Trophy is who's the MVP on one of the top teams in the country. I mean, that, that's every year. That's what it is. And if Cincinnati beats, and you're you're polling for Cincinnati to beat Indiana, which is tough, and beat Notre Dame. And if they run through the American and they're sitting there at eight and zero and nine and zero, get get that ticket. Don't but don't lose that ticket because well, hey. you, you have a chance there. Hey Herbie, look at you. By the way, this is gambling talk. Wow. Hey, you've been hanging out with Bear, you and Falica, having these full conversation on where good money is. Herbie, you get you opening into hey. that world. I, yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm dabbling into that world. I, I'm following you and Bear's lead when you guys used to argue. Remember the good old days when we had you on College Game Day? Yeah, I remember. When, those. Segment on that right now. Let's do it. Let's do a three-minute segment on you and College Game Day. I mean, we could get into it, Herbie. I don't know if you want to, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, man. We- Herbie, I loved. I loved my time with you guys. You know, I absolutely enjoyed it. I'm very thankful that you allowed me into that world. Everybody was very nice to me, you know, that worked. I kind of feel like Aaron Rodgers at the Packers, though. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I enjoyed the staff. I enjoyed my teammates. You know what I mean? There's some other people, maybe. Yeah. No, no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We can work that out. Let's like Aaron Rodgers work things out. We We can work that out. Hey, I'm going to write a book one day, you know, much like you, and there's going to be some coaches that are going to find out that I didn't fucking like it. You know what I mean, Herbie? There's going to be there's gonna be some of that. I enjoy I was very lucky. Here's something I'll tell you with College Game Day. Um, so that's a show that doing it, you know, it's like you're in the TV because everybody watches. It's an institution. Like, doing it is amazing. And having a conversation, you know, because our show, Monday through Friday, moneymaker. So traveling on Saturday, especially with Sunday NFL thing, like, that is eating into my life where I could be potentially napping, but it's a dream to do college game day, right? So whenever we start doing it and we we start seeing the effect, like, hey, I'm loving this. This is a good time. Now, granted, my time is getting key, 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 as every week that one on by the way from the first day to the last day you know those things were going down got a text barry o president obama sent a text through a couple people was like hey uh president obama enjoyed your work on college game day i told the boys like hey obama's never gonna watch our daily show (laughs) so there are people like obama out there that get a chance to see me on game day so i'm very thankful that you guys gave me an opportunity over there i enjoyed the hell let me tell you this you are beloved by our crew we love having you and your boys come around the game day uh the the game day meetings and just around in general and if it can ever be worked out if ever i can help in any way to kind of help bridge that gap uh let me know because we we would love to have you back as a a day uh on that show if you you ever want to consider that herbie i love you we'll talk to you later ladies and gentlemen (laughs) get his book the voice of college football kirk You know, I realized this weekend we're going to get everybody that we're going against, basically. Now, aside from that's good sports and Brandon Perna, who I love, I absolutely love. There's, there's a lot of. Um, you forgot we got into it a little bit last week. I right? did. Is that yeah. Why? yeah, you completely uh-huh. forgot about I that. Did. We're, we're back on his side. Everybody has a shit ton of money invested in their companies. Everybody. 
I was talking to the boys back in Plum, you know, who have no idea what we're doing. And it's like, uh, hey, do you, you know, like, the, are you competing against, is this, uh, do you like, uh, how do you feel about that? I'm like, no, no, fan of everybody. Anybody that does it, I'm literally a fan of because it's a lot of work. I appreciate it. But every company that they mentioned, I was like, oh, they all have a lot of money back in them. And it's like, yeah, how do you feel about that? Or how do you feel about them? I'm like, well, I know we're, we are getting outgunned on the back end, but I yep. feel pretty good about everything else. It was just kind of fun to go through, you know, anytime you haven't seen somebody like 10, 15 years or whatever, it's cool to kind of catch up with people. Did a lot that, a lot of that this weekend. I'm assuming AJ does that every weekend at all the events he does. We appreciate you joining us. Let's talk about this preseason football, AJ. Justin Fields, massive story because it, for the Chicago Bears, he bear done. I think you got a guy, huh? Is that what you're feeling? We like? got the guy. Now, Andy Dalton, Nagy came out and said he threw the ball six times. It's a preseason game. We have no idea if he did good or he did bad. But Justin Fields took advantage of everything and every opportunity he had on the field. He was more athletic than a lot of the guys he was playing against and with, which is going to happen, by the way, I think when you're Justin Fields, an absolute freak, running when he had to. I thought he exited the pocket a little bit early on a couple different occasions, but he's probably going to be able to explain, hey, I thought I could just get the corner and run, which he could. Everybody could take advantage of that. The fact that he did and has is unbelievable slung the ball around the yard the little rollout throwback is awesome in the first preseason game it's almost a guaranteed touchdown a couple different teams did it because you got defenders who don't even know the play oh my <laughs> wide open but i thought justin fields was everything you could really want and more in his first appearance i wonder how andy dalton feels aj your thoughts on the ohio state legend playing in his first nfl action well i mean it definitely seems like uh i if he continues to do this in the next couple preseason games, don't you feel like they will have so much pressure from the Chicago fan base and guys like Zeke to get him in the lineup as soon as they can? So this is when the, this is a time I think this year, especially with all these young rookie QBs, where the preseason actually really matters. It definitely matters for them. We get to see a little bit of just how they carry themselves, I guess, when they're on the field. They're not the only ones, right? It's also the and I think they've felt the field's pressure hysteria since the night they traded a bunch yeah. of picks to move yeah. up and get him and make him the face. Nagy said we have a plan. Andy Dalton's still our starter. Andy Dalton says at one point, I hope they cheer for me a little bit too over there. He <laughs> understands the whole situation. Justin Fields, though, showed up and showed out in his first attempt. He said, again, it was really slow for me, is what he said, which yeah. I have Pond. the utmost respect for. But with also that being said, like, it is a preseason game. Let's keep that thing going. I wonder if it'll be slow as well whenever the big dogs really start getting on the edges, you know, and everything like that. He has handled himself well. He said the Chicago Bears defense tests him every single day. He, he has that poise, the confidence, the look, the, everything to be like, hey, does Chicago got a fucking guy? Andy Dalton says, not just yet, my friend. But is Justin Fields in your eyes, Zeke, and everybody else in Chicago like, hey, we got our fucking Ditka again. We got our oh, fucking yeah. hero again. Is that what it is? Already? Yeah, they're being that drum. They want to start week one, but I'm on the side of let Andy Dolan kind of teach him the ropes a little more, learn the defenses out there. But I don't know. I, everyone wants Justin Fields in, though. He's going to get dropped in the deep end at some point, but I think having a veteran in front of him is huge, yeah. AJ. I honestly do. I, I think even off the field, watching how Andy Dalton interacts with coaches, front office, teammates, equipment managers, trainers, like I think that is a huge piece of information. I think it's gigantic, and a lot of times I think a guy like if Justin Fields is watching Andy, he may not – it's like subconscious. He just sees how he interacts, how he may talk to receivers when he wants them to do, like run a route a certain way, and you just pick up little things that – guy like fields might remember two or three years down the road if he's having an issue and he could remember like oh i remember actually 
and the Red Rocket did this to fix this problem. Maybe I can well, to dial that back up. So it is it is pretty valuable. I think, and also, like, trying to guess how, like, how would the person who's been here before act after me getting a chance to watch him in other experiences, if that makes sense? Like, I just think getting a chance to see behind closed doors how somebody acts that creates the product that everybody else sees. And, and we're not saying, listen, we're not saying that Andy Dalton is going to be a guy who's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of the NFL or going to be a Hall of Fame. Like, we're not saying that. What I'm saying is he's been a starter for a long time in this league. He's won a lot of games. He's been around a lot of different environments. That Cincinnati Bengals, they don't have a practice facility. Still? I have to say it. But that place, that locker room also was an interesting one. AJ, you were in there. That team is much different, I think, than a lot of teams in the NFL. Andy Dalton was the quarterback there. Goes to Dallas, kind of the whole situation down there. Like, I think he just has been there, done that for a lot of situations. And even though Justin Fields hopes to do them all better than Andy Dalton and everything, I just think that's a massive thing to be able to see somebody operate behind the scenes when you wouldn't normally know. Yeah, it is. But don't you think the guy that the young guy that stole the show or stole all the shine was Trey Lance and that his second throw right of the game? Beautiful. What? 80 yard touchdown pass. I love Trey Lance highlights. I think those are very good. I think during the game, there were some things that obviously happened where they're like Patrick Mahomes 2.0 would be a little bit too much. But it's also first fucking preseason game, which we we have to talk about because it's NFL action. But I like to see the poise, the confidence, the go. He was letting it rip. I absolutely love the fact that Trey let it go. I think he looked uh you know, excited and pumped to be there. Jimmy G, though, seemed to be handling it very well. Yeah. There's another tandem where it's like Trey's going to be able to watch Jimmy G operate. Jimmy G got to watch Tom Brady operate. There's like, there's just so many things that you can learn from, but it's going to get hard for all these teams if they don't have success early not to pull the trigger on the player behind. Now, they're, the one place that has a young quarterback that performed well this weekend that I don't think they'll pull the trigger on if things don't go well early. Jordan Love looked great. Yeah. His numbers looked huge. Looked like he did fantastic. And if you go through the preseason week one notable quarterback performances of young players, uh, obviously Drew Locke dominated. Okay, yeah. And by that, I mean he had seven attempts and he completed five of them. All right, wow. So if you want to call that dominating quarterback, in his what he was able to do, he did. Long touchdown, great pass, swag look there. Everybody's talking about how, hey, Drew Locke is still getting an opportunity to put this franchise on his back. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Now we got a chance to see him compete with a guy who has won in the NFL. Excited to see what Drew Locke does. But right next to him, uh, Drew Locke, 153.3 passer rating in his preseason debut with the Broncos in 2021. Jordan Love, passer rating, 110.4, threw one touchdown. 12 of 17, LaFleur let him eat a little bit out there. That offense is a good offense. Jordan Love got to watch Aaron for an entire MVP year. And much like we're talking about with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, that type of stuff is massive as a player and for your confidence. You had to be pumped about Jordan Love looking good out there, Ty, right? Like, hey, listen to Peter King, read Peter King this morning. Nobody knows what's going to happen in 2022. Mm -mm. That's what Peter said. He doesn't think Aaron knows, doesn't think franchise. Nobody knows. I, you know what I know? Jordan Love, second highest passer rating after week one of the preseason Ooh. here. How do you feel about it? What do you thought? Yeah, he did look good. I, I also like seeing Jay Sternberger. He was he had, you know, a couple, uh, I think he had like 60-some yards. He was the one who caught that the ball down the seam, and he's going to be, you know, more included in the offense this year. Love did look good. I mean, but he also strip sack, fumble. He got hurt, So and they said he might not practice this whole week. So Whoa! That, that kind of worries. I didn't know that. Yeah, he yeah. got taken out of the game, so that kind of worries you a little bit. I mean, you know, first game action, and he gets bounced out. They did say that he played through it a little bit, so you know they were impressed by his toughness and stuff like that. But uh, outside of that, he looked pretty good. Okay, so uh, I did not know he got hurt. Yeah. Uh oh. 
They said it's nothing crazy, you know. Yeah, but those injuries, and I'm not saying Jordan has one or anything like that, but that is scary to think about. Like, as a fan, it seems as if the Aaron impactor situation isn't over. Like, it just seems like in that uh, football morning in America with uh, Peter King, he sat down with Aaron for 17 minutes, minutes on a shaded bench across the street from Lambeau Field, something wow. like that. That's, yep. that's, that's set the tone or whatever, you know what I mean? And they had a 17-minute conversation, and Aaron was talking about, you know, Zen, and he got a chance to really learn more about how Aaron's feeling and his mindset on everything. First of all, let's talk about it. He said he, Aaron, um, Pete said that a confidant told him that he was about 50-50 on retirement this offseason. And in the article, which I did not know, Peter King works for Florio. Is that what happens? I mean, that's what it kind of seems like. It's under the banner of pro, pro football, football talk. Or, or is that just an NBC entire thing? I did not know Peter King was on pro football talk. To be clear, I've never read a book. I'm not a big reader. Columns aren't my thing. I'd rather hear what they had to say or whatever. I understand Peter King's a very talented writer. And like I said, with the shaded bench thing, it was a good yeah. tone Thanks setter the there earlier or whatever. I did not know he was pro football talk, though. 50-50 on retirement was the big thing. And then... Uh, Going into last season, he knew it was potentially going to be his last one, uh, or it was going to be as he viewed it as his last one. And then the relationship has a lot of room to grow, and he complimented with uh, Guntakusa Murphy. And then he said, Those relationships are for another day. Right now, it's all the football people whom I love, or whatever. Is that an accurate depiction on how he feels? I don't really get a chance to chat with him. And was he going to really 50 50 retire like the Peter King football morning in America thing? Did, did Aaron say he was 50-50 on retiring? No, 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 no. This was a confidant told Peter, which, by the way, was one of the things of the whole whole column, though, and it didn't come from Aaron. That's because you said yeah. there's no, no way he's retiring, is what you said. But it sounds and like he's never told me that. I've never asked him. He's never told me that. I just say that from being around the dude saying, I just cannot imagine he could walk away from football right now. And be happy. Yeah, but maybe whenever you're around, because I get this feeling around you, like, oh, this is a super football guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not even going to allude to the fact that I'm not going to play football anymore. That's true. Now, what, if, what if Aaron wasn't comfortable enough to tell you he was thinking about Jeopardy because he thought you were going to call him a nerd or something? Whoa. <laughs> what if that's what was going to Yep, that's, that seems like me. <laughs> the retirement thing, though, gets, is every, it seems like every new thing that comes out about Aaron, the, the retirement thing thinks, and, and I just go back to you every single time, and you're like, you think that guy is going to want to not have the ability to compete with people anymore? Like, It's just fascinating, because maybe we'll continue to learn about how and why and what this we'll all ask was. Him, and we'll have to ask him when he starts coming back on on Tuesdays. But yeah, I mean, maybe, I'm sure it did cross his mind. He did say that, right? That it crossed his mind, or he thought about it. And I'm sure he thought about it, and he said... Yeah, right. You kidding me? I just won the MVP. Why would I? I have a team around me. If I go back to Green Bay, they bring Randall back. Hey, let's go win another Super Bowl. Shelly, uh, throw me that Pedialyte bottle real quick. Let's see if I can. Right now. Yeah, he just fucking looked at a trash can over in Hawaii on the other side of a waterfall. Yeah, I'm not fucking going there. back. Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep playing. Yeah, probably. What if he had a moment where he's like, all right, if I miss this. I'm retired. Yeah, do or die. If I make this, I'm coming back. And it's him on top of a waterfall. Mm-hmm. You know, you got my tie sitting right behind you. Of course. You know, they're playing a little music back here. Got a little ice on my tie's face. He got jumped in the diner or whatever, that whole thing. And he's just sitting there. And he's like, all right, if this fucking goes in that trash can down there, I'll play. 
If not, I'm out there. Boom, hits, and then he's like, "We're back. All right, here we go. I gotta go." Jumps <laughs> <laughs> it oh, that would be awesome. And then he holds his nose on the way down. He, he, he does he? I sure as hell hope not. I don't think. So. <laughs> I thought that would have been a friendship ender for you and yeah. him right there if you did that. Uh, Peter King alluded to how he doesn't think after his conversations in the building that either side knows what the future looks like. And I think you've been talking about that for a while, right? Like, who knows how the hell this whole thing ends up? Seems pretty accurate. I think what Peter says, for me at least, feels pretty accurate. You're right. Like, why? And it's what he said, what Aaron said to him, I guess, makes sense. Like, hey, this is, I'm trying to go win a ring right now. We don't, I'm not sitting here trying to patch up relationships behind the scenes. I'm sure that could definitely happen organically and naturally throughout the season, but like, we're not setting time aside to try to work that out right now. LaFleur had Aaron break down the huddle at the end of the first practice. And LaFleur said, I'm not going to tell you, Peter, what he said, but you can ask him that question. And then he asked Aaron, and Aaron talked about how, you know, just basically how much he was thankful to be back, excited to be back, and how much being in the moment is a, is a big deal. And it was like yep. a motivational speech, I bet, uh, in a conversation that he thought about a lot as he was going back into training camp. And that type of information is just... It's, I bet it was really cool for the rest of the team to be like, oh, that's why he's fucking Aaron Rodgers. All right, here we go. Let's go. And, and the thought of him saying, if you want to find something to make you happy, um, you're probably going to be able to do that. If you want to find something to get mad about, you're probably going to be able to do that as well. It was very – I think this – I think a lot of people are learning that Aaron's a much deeper thinker than originally thought about him. And it seems like every writer or interview person that comes away is like, he's actually pretty – Intelligent, thoughtful, thoughtful, funny, 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 charming. Seems to like his life. <laughs> who who would you who are you imitating? <laughs> oh man, well, this you know right up your alley. <laughs> yeah. you, do you really not know, or is this an AJ? I Hawk? have no clue what you're talking about. Oh, we oh. got to send it to you. Yeah, you'll yeah. love it. We watched it. Probably all you need to know is it involves uh, um, a uh, it's just wrestling. It's a wrestling thing. It's a wrestling okay. thing. And uh, it's a behind-the-scenes story, and it involves an impersonation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna love it. You are, you are gonna love it. I think. I can't you wait. Gonna, absolutely. I hear. I see Connor's excitement. I think I am gonna like. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. At Bubba Gumpino, great to see you. Thank you for joining us. Didn't want to interrupt, I assume. Your thoughts on how you're gambling right now? Are we still hot? Are you still winning? 
bit of a schnod. Oh, oh no. I mean, one day, losing day on Sunday. Friday night was good. Saturday, even Steven. But we'll be back today. And what do you got today? What are you guys hammering today? Baseball. Baseball. Yeah. And Diggs, he goes down. That means in good team baseball, you got to lift him up on the other side. Back gets cold. Let's go ahead and heat up another one. If somebody can't do it, let's give high effort. Let's do high energy. Gumpy's down. I assume the COVID Cowboys riding high right now. The Unders went 14-3 and three in preseason phones. So what do you think? Wow. <laughs> you, I saw a lot of photos of a lot of parlays that the mm-hmm. Hammered Down boys have talked people into doing, and they've been winning a lot of money out there. These Unders have been terrible for the game of football. They have been terrible probably for the ratings of people watching these games. But for you, as a noted under better, this is like – Six to midnight, huh? Every single time you turn on a game. Yeah, the uh, the only game that really went over on Saturday was the Vikings. If that stays under, I, I had a five dollar parlay to win ten k. That didn't hit, but a lot of people for some reason left that Vikings game out, and they won a lot of money this weekend. So the thing about the five dollar for ten k yeah. thing that sounds amazing, but did you hear about the three dollar for one million? What? Excuse me? Yeah, uh, Bleacher Report, which has that trash ass account, Bleacher Report Gridiron. Yeah, uh-huh. Sure. Wait, course. am I past it? Am I over them? No, no, no. Nah. We didn't get by that? There's, uh, there's I mean, multiple there's times. No way. You kind of buried the hatchet, but definitely left some room where if you did want to rip it out of the dirt, you could have. Okay, so the. You're still putting out stupid stuff. Huh? Well, there's a lot of people putting out stupid True. stuff now. Mm hmm. Did you. Is that the game now? There was a lot of, like, Hall of Fame question mark tweets this weekend after quarterbacks threw, like, their first pass of their career. Yeah, and people are coming after me for saying, like, hey, I don't think Mac, Mac Jones is going to stink. And they're, <laughs> they're reacting how you probably reacted to that tweet because I have seen a lot of those out there. And I see why you get excited, but it seems like a lot of people are just putting out shit right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What was that one we looked at this morning? I think it was on Pro Football Focus. They gave a, a stat, a score, and then the bottom question was, should it, who's QB? Who's, should they be? Yeah, it was Jameis and Taysom Hill. Which, from what I've heard, by the way, I didn't get to, to watch the full game. Only the highlights. Both neither yeah. did great, right? No, no, yeah. no one yeah. separated. So Jameis Taysom one preseason game here. Who should be a QB one? Which I like good conversation starter. Like that is absolutely awesome. But I think people are turning to pro football focus to tell us who they fucking think should be. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And that would pro, right. pro, correct me if I'm wrong. Hey, like, pro football focus, let us be the idiots that are asking like, yeah, hey, yeah. a dumb <laughs> question. You guys are supposed to be the ones that are like the authority on stuff. Right. And we did the analytics on passes from seven to nine yards, which were ninety percent of Sean Payton's offense last year. And Taysom went four for four in those passes. Jameis won one of six. Look for that. That's what we're looking, I thought. We've kind of diverted from that a little bit, but I like the pro football focus is asking the question, who's going to start out there, Jameis or Taysom? Because we've been wondering the same damn thing. First preseason game, you can't judge much. You just got to try to get a read on who seems to be more comfortable with the team. Who does the team seem to like more? Where is the comfort level, the confidence, the poise? That's what I was talking about with Mac Jones. Because yeah. I think your teammates, the teammates of these players are going to tell you all you need to know about the player. That, that That's why the mic'd up things for me are so important. And I think that's why that Herbert one, I am still thinking about to this day because I watched that and I didn't get a chance to see him with a lot of his teammates. The only interaction was at the end for a call-up and it was very quick. It was nothing. There wasn't any real... There was no, So I just want to see how their teammates trim. Seems like Justin's beloved. Yep. The fact that Nagy called that play, roll-out, mm. throw-back, he knew it was going to be a touchdown, set that up for Justin. Justin hits it, by the way. You hear a lot of... A lot of t- hey, that's the hardest ball to throw or yeah. whatever. Fields looked confident 
poised in every situation. For Taysom and Jameis, I didn't get to watch. Were either one of them look like they were, hey, this is my team, commanding? Did any teammates act that way? Did any of us see that game? I didn't, I didn't see a lot of it, but like from the stuff that I saw, because it was on Saturday night and there was a bunch of games on at that time, um, Taysom threw an interception. You couldn't tell if it was on the wide receiver if he stopped or if it was on Taysom. Taysom. Orlovsky told me a wide receiver did. Oh, okay. It, it did seem that way. <clears throat> well, it is what Orlovsky told oh, me. Oh, okay. So, gospel. Well, I mean, Orlovsky's going to say that every single time. Just like if you ask me, hey, what happened with that punt? Well, the fucking wind. Was- <laughs> <laughs> My guy, I mean, he had no shot there. You know what I mean? You got to do it for your position. But in first preseason game, you never know. That's why. I mean, what if Taysom doesn't even know yet that a an out to whoever he's throwing to it should be about uh, two and a half yards further because that's where his route goes to. I mean, there's just so much time still, so it's so hard to get these types of judges. That's why my big thing is, how's everybody else fucking reacting to this guy? Yeah. Let's, let's just start judging that a little bit. Who? Because the team is going to – they're going to vote, whether it's publicly – Privately, the team is going to have an idea of who should be doing what as well. Now, you're told, oh, you just got to trust it. We'll make the right decision for the team. But the locker room is going to decide some things, and I think that's a big deal. That's why when you see Jimmy G celebrating a Trey Lance Tud, like, that's big. Like, I think that's yeah. really cool, you know? Like, by the way, that was another rollout throwback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's a uh, that's guaranteed touchdown in the first preseason game. <laughs> Guarante- I mean, it happened in the playoffs even. There was a little bit of misdirection with Jameis just throws one. I mean, that is running any sort of misdirection at a calculated level against the twos or threes in a preseason game is, hey, I'm trying to score a touchdown here, and can you, uh, can you make it happen? But I think that is the biggest thing we should be looking for here in the next week or so. How's everybody reacting to the guy? Is it telling that Taysom got the nod in game one? Well, I think that means that that four-year, $160 million deal, all years <laughs> voidable deal, it did tell us accurately at the time that Sean Payton is going to give him an actual chance mm-hmm. to be the quarterback. Yeah. And the reason why they do that voidable years, we were smartened up at a later time, is once he signs that deal, if they're to renegotiate a deal within the next year or something, the max that that deal could be worth is $40 million per year. So that if he does become their starter and they do have a renegotiation within the next year, 18 months, whatever it is, they can negotiate all the way up to $35 million a year if they want. So he can be compensated fairly if he's a starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. He said he thought he was his what? Steve Young? Yeah. Yep. He's my Steve Young. Last year, he got a chance to prove it and play. He did. They won. Didn't look fantastic in all those games, but maybe now, because they're going to be forced to, I think, with the way the roster has been set up after the salary cap destruction that happened after this last year, I think they're going to be a much more diverse type offense with Taysom running if they're looking to go that way. Because if you weren't, why wouldn't you just go with another pocket passer who seems to be pretty similar in the pocket as Taysom Hill, or even better, maybe? Do we know uh his contract like let's say he he ends up not being the quarterback like that that doesn't that only applies to him playing quarterback right it's not if they keep him and he so plays it's a renegotiation yeah so whatever he's making this year let's say it's 15 or whatever it is the actual money is 15 16 13 i forget exactly what it is he's playing either quarterback or tight end running back Gadget. special team he's playing Taysom hill position at that fee if he plays quarterback, though, and starts all season, they do well. I assume Taysom's people wanted a chance to renegotiate for mm-hmm. a quarterback salary if he becomes your guy. Cordell Stewart, I think he was signed on as like our third wide receiver maybe or something like that. Second wide receiver was his contract. Then he ended up starting becoming our star quarterback. 
there's situations in the past that have been a blueprint for this type of thing, but I think Taysom's representation or Taysom himself was like, what if I become a guy at quarterback, which I'm training to do, we got to be able to renegotiate to give me a fair price as opposed to what a tight end price is, a gadget price is. So I think that is why it was put in there. Although we were all very alarmed when we heard four year, 160 million, all years voidable is yeah. like, that's not a contract right contracts aren't supposed to just have every part of it voidable but they did it because of that whole nfl stipulation of you can't up the price until 18 months or whatever down the road well if there's no michael thomas too like do you really want to have a guy like Jameis, who's more of a pocket passer where you can go with Taysom, who can maybe make a couple plays outside the pocket you know what i'm saying versus Jimmy, who might just say, ah, fuck it, I'll just throw it deep to somebody well, who's not Michael Thomas. No, Jameis went to the Harvard of quarterback school That's last right. year with Drew yeah. Brees and That's Sean right. Payton. He's not just saying fuck it anymore, mostly because when he was just saying, ah, fuck it, he didn't know who's Don or his team, the other team. Yeah. He was yeah. blind. Yeah, True. Couldn't see. yeah. He's blind. Yeah. <laughs> Need LASIK. Led the NFL in yards <laughs> and interceptions. Uh-huh. Blind in the NFL. Signs a $1 million deal or whatever with New Orleans, gets LASIK, gets a chance to go to the Harvard. He might make much better decisions with the ball. And, and I think you, know, you can't turn over the ball. If no. you're a known turnover, every – I don't want to say this but because I, I haven't been in every building, but with every person I've talked to, you walk in, there, there's – you know, and I heard the um, – there's a mount – What's that mountain that's a volcano that had two rocks on top of it that was a list of rules for the... Sinai? Mount Sinai at the top. Okay, you walk up to... Old buddy walked up to Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. Okay? And there was two things up there. Two tablets. There was one with your relationship with God, and then there was one that was your relationship with the other people. Okay, here's the rules. Here's how you... I think every time you walk into a facility, it's like that one person walking up Mount Sinai and finding that thing. And all there was two things there. There's normally just one thing, rock, where it's etched in stone. And it's, hey, protect the fucking ball. Mm-hmm. All right? The ball is the program. The ball is our building. The ball is this. The ball is that. That's why when Jameis was keeping both teams in every single game for a long period of time, yeah. during his contract year, a lot of people, us included, were saying, it's going to be hard to give that guy $100 million, which is what everybody's given, when he is so careless with the ball. Careless with the ball. In every building you walk into, it's like, hey, if we don't have the ball, get the ball. If we have the ball, keep the ball. That is the Mount Sinai rock. Hey, <laughs> if we have the ball, here's the rules. If we have the ball, okay, here's one. We're going to keep the ball. Yep. Mm-hmm. Here's another rule over here, this one. This is, uh, if you don't have the ball, here's rule number one. Fucking get the ball. <laughs> yeah. Okay, whether that's turnover on downs, turnover in general, whatever it is, that is it. So whenever he was just turning the ball over at a rapid rate, we knew it was going to be tough for an organization to just give him an opportunity like, hey, here's the keys to our franchise. You know, and Tom Brady just so happened to come in at the same time, free agency and Bruce Arians was like, well, fuck, we don't even really have to do much if we fucking bring that guy in. Yeah, yeah 30 other teams didn't want to do this? No. Oh, oh yeah, fucking bring him we'll down. Take him. We're going to golf a little bit earlier every day, too. You know why? Because we got fucking Tom Brady <laughs> at quarterback. But I think that is something where if Jameis isn't a turnover god, okay, which he became down there in Tampa, I think his potential is absolutely absurd. But if you talk to a lot of people, that type of play, I don't think people can say can change. Well, what if he was blind, though? Mm-hmm. Like, that is, that's an actual question. Like, what if he was blind? What if Jameis got rid of all the bad that a lot of people talked about whenever he decided, you know what, I'd like to fucking see. see. And that's, yeah. that's crazy to think about yeah. at the NFL level, but it's real. Or if he was just like, also, he was, he was blind, but also like, oh, fuck, if I continue to do this, I'm never going to play in this league again. 
Yeah, that had to happen. And that was probably happening when he was uh, yeah. doing the whole throwing in the basketball hoop. Mm-hmm. He, I saw him and King Ryan Garcia doing a drill where uh, yeah, really? Ryan was like, <laughs> actually hitting that thing. And then James putting his face in in front of him, <laughs> just ca- ca- testing his, uh, his reactions. His time. reflexes. No stone unturned for James. No. Yeah, works okay. hard. Always working, it seems. No matter what he's doing, might seem to be a little bit ridiculous. I think it's because he gets so bored because he does so fucking much. Like I think he does things so much that at some point his trainer's like, "All right, we got to switch this up a little bit. You stand on that Bosa ball, and then we're gonna throw cards up, and you gotta, you gotta tell us what that card. Seven times. Mm-hmm. Seven times. Hearts. <laughs> Eight of clubs. Jack Spence. Oh, it was clubs. Fucking twenty push-ups, dude. <laughs> he's he wants it bad. Yeah. And it's like, well. It's a shame he doesn't have Michael Thomas because that's a game changer. But it seems like he's out, huh? They, even though Michael and Sean had a sit down, they said relationships are going good. Why are you shaking your head? Is that because you want the Patriots to bring him in? Is that strictly, is this from a, hey, the Patriots need a Michael Thomas? Or do you think Michael Thomas and Sean are kind of on the outs still? No, he was on the sideline. He's fine. But I mean, I want every team to suck except for the Patriots. So whatever happens with the Saints, sure, who cares? Can we, can we, what? Can we say? Aside from? No, you want everybody but the Patriots to suck unless the Patriots aren't in anymore, right? Sure, yeah. If the Patriots aren't in, then I just want everyone to lose in the most painful way possible. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, for the Colts, you know, if the Patriots stink, the Colts better go 2-15 and or else that'll be even worse for me. Okay, so let's talk about the Colts. Sure. Headline this morning when I walked in and read the TV. Eason and Ellinger, solid in yeah. debut. Yeah, very. Solid. That was the word. Solid in their debut. Thank you for the uh, solid mm. judge. That was what they said. And I understand that solid's probably good news. That is not nothing bad. And I got to see, I was streaming the game, literally trying to catch some of it, because I wanted to see what you can't see on these highlights is how's everybody reacting to the different quarterbacks. I think they both had good command, I think, of the mm-hmm. team. I think they look confident. Eason's got a live arm. He does yeah. have a live arm. Hey, Eason's got a live arm. Slow. Oh, yeah. And that number one on Paris Campbell looks real good running about a 4-2. It didn't used to do that. <laughs> okay, that number one for the Colts used to run about, mm, depending upon way, anywhere from a 6-5 to <laughs> 7-1. Uh-huh. If it needs a little trot, down to a 4-something. You know, whatever it needed. 4 whatever it needed to be to potentially trap somebody on the sideline and get in there or maybe just get absolutely deboed. He looked unbelievable, which is good news because if he can get going, T.Y. can get going. Jonathan Taylor's in the backfield alongside Wilkins got in his own. He seems to score a lot. He gets hurt, though, I think. And Marlon Matt, I mean, that team looks like they're ready to go. Would love Carson Wentz in there. Mm. Yeah. But I think Eason and Ellinger did do have – uh, did do a solid job at filling the role. Yeah, I think so too. Ellinger had an absolute dime into like double coverage yeah. too, but put it right into the bucket. But uh, game winning drive. Too. Yeah, game winning drive. Okay, that was Zach Kiefer of the Athletic. He said uh, one NFL uh, game for Sam Ellinger, one game winning drive for Sam Ellinger. Oh, Let the legend begin. I'm like, that's a good headline. Wow. Hey, it was a tweet, but that's a good headline right there, Zach. But at watching that game from the other side, PJ Walker looks really good for Carolina. Like I know they probably won't, but like they, he, I think there should be a quarterback battle between him and, and Darnold. Like again, you know, it's preseason and everything, but I think he had a start last year. He looked pretty good. Like he's he's talent, just like Justin Fields. Okay, 
in these preseason games, if you're in a, a good thrower of the ball, great thrower of the ball, and you can move, you're the most athletic person, you can make the most of it. I'm not saying that P.J. didn't absolutely throw some dimes, but regular season game, not that the starters weren't in for Colts, but regular season game, I think the common narrative is, oh, you won't be able to outrun the 4-4 running 270-pound DN that is out there or whatever it is. So I think in a preseason game, whenever we see Justin Fields dominate and we see P.J. do very well, it's hard for me to get as excited as I want to because it's like, okay, what happens when when the other Lambos and Ferraris are on the field as well? Because yeah. it's a much different thing. But anytime I see P.J. on the field, it feels like he makes a fucking play, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It yeah. feels like P.J.'s making plays all the time. XFL, he was unbelievable. Now, there was a lot of love, obviously, for uh, Jordan Te'amu oh, yeah. as well out there for the St. Louis Battlehawks. He was a great player. But I loved watching him in the XFL. He was with the Colts. I got to meet him. He's a super cool guy. He does throw the ball very nicely as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't see, I mean, I, I didn't watch the whole game. I just saw some of the like the highlights, but his arm is what I was like. Live. live arm. He live. was throwing fucking bullets. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, you know, he he's he's quick and everything but i don't know i just you look at darnold and it's like this guy he, he's always got it he's had a chip on his shoulder for the last couple of years he did start a little bit like i mean again it's preseason it doesn't matter but i was very impressed by him i would have a much better take on that team if what was going to happen yeah, potentially true. does happen true uh-huh. did it uh worry you that we finally got to see the taunton flag in action for the Colts oh. panthers game or what i was going to get to a break i was starting to get some energy things are starting to feel good <laughs> Okay, I was going to talk about it. Uh-huh. Then my guy, Ben. LeMay. LeMay out of the University of Charlotte, which you've heard of, obviously. Yeah. Football powerhouse. Yeah. yeah. You know, people make it's, it. They call it the NFL pipeline, the University of Charlotte. Yeah. You know, when you go to school there, you automatically assume, you know what? I'm being a fucking NFL because that's what everybody does. Oh, yeah. You know, this guy didn't have to basically just prove everybody wrong in his entire history, right? Not Benny. LeMay. No, he didn't have to no, just no, no, absolutely no. prove everybody wrong throughout his entire existence. And here in his first ever NFL game, live action, live game, getting film out now, not only for my team and the team we're playing against, but the other 30 teams that could potentially be watching. I could maybe make my entire dream come true, my family's dream come true. All the hard work throughout my entire life, whether it was driving me to practice, to go to work, the coaches that invested hours in me, everything I have done to get to this point i got a whole town a community a family a tribe of people watching me potentially live out my dreams that we all thought was going to happen and when i get the rock i get a chance to carry eight motherfuckers that are playing for a team that is in the city that i went to college in i carry eight people have the biggest moment in my football career maybe make a team if not with the Colts, somewhere else hey that guy's got juice let's do it change the entire direction in the course of my family's life. <laughs> I can't be excited though. No. Nope. Don't even think Don't about you it. fucking <clears throat> dare. Are you kidding me? Are you all that just happened and everything I just said there and more is potentially happening in that one play? Don't even fucking think it. Get your fucking ass back in the huddle. You know Barry Sanders? 
Hey, Barry Sanders, he, he'd score a touchdown and he would just hand it to the ref and then he was gone. And why don't I? Well, Barry Sanders also won the Heisman, right? Yeah. He was also like the all time <laughs> leading scorer in this whole thing. Barry Sanders was unbelievable, worked his ass off. Let's not get crazy. And Barry Sanders had the ability to act like he had been there before because Barry Sanders, by the way, had fucking been there before. <laughs> and maybe Barry Sanders, the way he goes about business, isn't how everybody goes about business. Maybe there's a lot of different stories, a lot of different situations, a lot of different life events that lead to somebody acting differently than somebody that just acted, you know, almost robotic while being one of the most exciting and electric players in the history. Got nothing but love for Barry Sanders. Let's not get crazy. But there's a lot of people tweeting, act like you've been there before. It's like, you think this motherfucker's been there before? Yeah. <laughs> this dude just carried eight people and maybe changed the entire life. He can't be excited. Aren't we a game of emotion? Aren't we a game of excitement? Why is this a fucking penalty? Hey, Goodell! Hey, eating your M&Ms, sitting on the chair, being cool. You became my commissioner. You weren't. You weren't my commissioner when, hey, you dance, you're fucking out. Your socks slide, you're fucking out. We don't want anything. We want robots, no emotion. Everybody hated you then, Raj. All right, everybody hated you. And nobody understood why you're trying to take the fun out of the game. You're doing it because you want to be able to just pluck and play. You didn't want to have to have players be brand names because then you could replace them easily. Okay, I understand the business side of it, but we all agreed. The tribe has spoken that the game's better when people are excited. Some things are too much. All right, some things are way too much. There's, there were some dances that happened that looked a little bit more like basketball where we're all like, there's no way that can happen with a full line dance. We get it. There was some. But it added to the game. The excitement added to everything. Now taking away this and making it a point of emphasis. And I'm not saying that there should be egregious. If something egregious happens, they should penalize them. Yes, please. It's not for the good of our game, not for the good of the league, not good for fans, not good for anybody. I understand that's going to happen, but a point of emphasis means, hey, we're cracking down on this because we don't want it to happen anymore. And why are we targeting that as opposed to targeting something else I'll never understand? My commissioner, Roger Goodell, is going to get to the bottom of this if Sam Ocho doesn't do it first. Yeah. Oh, come on, Thank Sam. You, Sam. Sam Ocho told me on Get Up this morning, he's still part of the Players Committee. He's going to change this thing around. I appreciate the Ocho family doing that for all of us. Thank you, Sancho. Thank you, Sancho. Because the overwhelming, like, hey, this rule fucking stinks from everybody. Do you think there is a real chance that they'll no. get out of it before the season? No. That is not the way. It, oh. Once something gets in there, I think it is normally. Yeah. At least a year. Because even if you start telling them, they have a lot of what I think we all have them. If you tell me, if you tell me, yeah. there's a good chance. Like, if everybody's telling me to do so, there's a good chance. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't think so. Okay, I'm not fucking doing that then. All right? On my time. You know? Yeah. On my uh, uh, <laughs> That's kind of how the NFL. Yeah. That's why the XFL thing didn't have to happen mm-hmm. until. You know, the review system didn't have to happen until blah, blah, blah. The sky cam, you know, that came in from blah, blah, blah. The rules that they initiate always come in down. Hey, on our time, on our time, it's our league. Let's not let these motherfuckers outside run our league is probably what is being said. But, boy, it'd be great if they did just open up, you know, they probably still use the old school like projector. If somebody could just put a slide in there of a couple Twitter feeds of what people are saying about this, maybe that would make the league a little bit better. But they have so much to worry about which I understand it's not easy running a league, the biggest league, the greatest league on earth, but why is this what we are trying to focus in on? Major League Baseball, who has 
the worst commissioner in the history of sports, actually called the trophy that all the teams in the league that he commissions the piece of metal or something yeah. like that. He's embracing like, hey, we're allowed. Sports are allowed to be fun. It doesn't have to be surgery. It doesn't have to be curing uh, curing some disease. It's allowed to be a celebration. Rob Manfred is acknowledging that, <laughs> and somehow. As soon as Walt gets in there, his oh. first act is oh. nobody's happy on our fucking field. That whole life that just changed for Benny. LeMay. Don't, don't want to hear about it, pal. Get your ass back into the huddle because we got a ref right here who is looking to be excited. I mean, that, I mean, he was ready. Oh, yeah, right. out quick. I mean, that's quick draw McGraw there. Uh -huh. That son of a bitch would have killed Hamilton if they had a duel way back in the day like Aaron Burr, sir, did. That son of a bitch was quick on that. <laughs> He was ready to call it whistleblowing. It was unbelievable. There's a lot of people. Well, you respect your opponent. Like, that's not disrespecting your opponent. Like, and that's, you would think the refs would hate this, too, because it's going to make them look like complete assholes. The refs, okay, they have Even a hard so. job. Yeah. They have a hard job, terrible job. Nobody's going to a game to cheer for the ref. The only time they get cheered for is when you fuck somebody over and it helps somebody up, uh, somebody else out. And by the way, they're going to turn on you too if you fuck them over. Yeah. There, there's no real, you know, in the fact that they have just basic ass human eyes, you know, basic ass human eyes. Yep. Now, now these are pretty cool. I got mine LASIK as well, so they're better than what they once were, like Jameis Winston. But having basic human eyes versus, we've all seen the camera of the drunks in Phoenix and the NBA and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And Roman Reigns on Friday Night SmackDown 8 p.m. Eastern. There's an 8K camera, okay, that I don't know all the science behind it, but does that mean it's 8,000 frames per something? Is that what that means? I believe it's the pixels. Whatever the case. Basic ass can't do what these cameras can do. Can't, no, no. can't slow things down to a time. So they're trying to get rid of review. It's like, well, you're setting your refs up for fucking failure because technology is continuing to grow. And that's what that, the whole world is seeing. Even the people in the stadium who are watching the replays, they, they all seeing technology slow things down. And the ability to fix that would be smart. And they are adding that this year. But the refs know that they're up against it every time they walk out there. Yeah. Well, we're not really allowed to use anything that the rest of the world uses, but let's have a fucking good day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a bazillion dollar business. We could ruin it all completely. This entire game could change because of one of us, but hey, let's fucking go out there and do it. Refs are no fun. That is not a fun job at all. But to sell, hey, no fun allowed is being enforced by the fun police via their fun sucking. Lords, uh -huh. that is not a good place to be in any of those things, especially when it's like, do we not? Does our life not suck enough already? Can we not have some fun? Why are we getting rid of that? I don't know. That was frustrating, but thanks for bringing that up. Hey, anytime, anytime. You gotta, you gotta talk about. It. I mean, this is gonna probably go on for the next six months, if I had to guess. Because the point of emphasis, it's been my problem with it the entire time. Point of emphasis means this is going to get called. Yeah. And if it doesn't get called, said ref is going to be talk to yeah. because hey this is a point of emphasis we're trying to change this it's like why is this a point of emphasis how come we can't focus on changing rules you know that don't potentially put somebody's life at risk as well this whole chopping outside oh, the tight end yeah. thing oh, man. on either side yeah. is going to change football it's going to change football completely now pulling offensive linemen on a run outside whether it's a pitch outside or whatever who used to have to try to square up a corner and move a corner in the corner would normally just fall and go low. They try to chop. Offensive lineman would lay on top of them. Hey, that's a good block. How you doing? Thanks for moving at 350 pounds, getting in front of this corner. You set up this team in beautiful fashion. Now, corners aren't allowed to go low at all. So we're going to see a lot of business decisions from corners just go ahead and moving. Just yeah. like 
right? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of decisions that go like that because this is 360 versus 170 moving in in 350 <laughs> moving at 170 full speed. And because of the no cut, which makes sense, by the way, it makes sense on why, in theory, it makes a lot of sense. But what, what about the backs and brains of these corners yeah. that are about to have to square up a – a pooling offensive lineman, who, by the way, I have the utmost respect for offensive linemen, but offensive linemen also think like, hey, if somebody's going to die, it ain't going to be me. Nope. Okay, it's going to be you. Now they have no fear at all. Yeah. Okay, if somebody – there's going to be some collisions. We are going to see some, <laughs> or we're going to see a lot of corners making, like, business decisions, and people are going to attack them for it. It's like, well, what do you want them to do? You want them to – okay, you want them to square up the train. Okay, you want them yeah. – you want them to just square up their fiat – Right into yes. an actual train. <laughs> That's what you want them to do. That's there's always fallout to these rules. There's always fallout. I know they're trying to make it safer, but that one there should be some sort of clause where it's like uh, maybe above the thought. Like maybe you know what I mean. As this somehow, but that you can't whenever it, you talk about lawsuits and injuries and everything. It's like that. saving O lineman's <laughs> knees, but it's it's gonna kill a defensive back. <laughs> Dead. Mm-hmm. It's gonna kill someone. I I can't wait for the corner who is already pissed. And just says fuck, and they're just gonna dive like Tebow did for that one block. Yeah. <laughs> they're just gonna dive, to try to go straight, and we are gonna see some hilarious collisions mm-hmm. out there. I think because it is, I mean, corners. You know, back in the day, I think if a corner tackled, it was a big deal. Now, basically, every corner is gonna get in there. There, there is. I don't know if there's a lot of room to be somebody that's not gonna make a tackle. Now, there's business decisions being made by a lot of people out there to live and see another day, and hey, my athleticism, keeping up with their best athletes, is a lot more important than me potentially throwing my shoulder into this guy when he, he's gonna gain an extra yard as opposed to not. So there's a lot of, you know, I think, risk management that happens in the secondary positions when it comes to things and it used to be a big knock like oh that guy won't hit anybody that guy won't. i think everybody now will get involved in a tackle they'll wrong arm outside shoulder they'll do something because i think the way the game is now a lot faster as opposed to just the bruisers in there this is going to change it though there's going to be a lot of guys that don't look great in the corner position there's nothing they can do about it i was going to say but they they so like they don't go to like uh cornerbacks or anything like that and just like because you'd think some of those guys would be like hey if you do this like this is going to completely change how some of us play like you're either going to get one of us killed or we're just like we're just dead when we're outside of the hashes here well did they ask clay matthews you know about the strike zone and yeah. how you land on quarterbacks. They should have. Did they ask? You know what I mean? Did they ask linebackers about people coming across the middle, where, what you're allowed, when you're allowed to? No, they don't. They don't. I mean, remember the rules committee though is a group of people who are supposed to be incredibly high football IQ people mm-hmm. thinking out for the game, but while also looking out for the best interests of not only the league, but the future of the game. And I guess some things have to happen. This one feels like they're setting up some corners to look. Very bad. And wait until, just like we talked about last week with something, some loophole, wait until you hear how Bill Belichick uses The taunting oh, was yeah. last week. Yeah, wait until Bill, Be- oh yeah, Bill Belichick will be teaching people to fall underneath yes. people flexing, yeah. like uh-huh. get under there to get a quick 15 roll. You give up, hey, you give up 10 here. Okay, you did. Wait, it's going to happen. It's going to fucking happen. You're going to give up 10, but you see he's about, to- if you would have rolled over and just made contact with his leg while he flexed right there, guess what? You actually picked up five yards from before the <laughs> that ball back. Okay, that's fifteen yards. They're going back the other way. Think about that. Okay, you get beat, but did you? You can still win at the end. Like people will use that. And on this thing, the pulling guards, we got Quentin Nelson. He's going to be back, which is great news. He can fly. They're going to have him. Oh yeah. 
there are going to be a lot of that. Not that there isn't already, because the game is played very wide, like everybody's doing that. But there's going to be a lot of moments, I think, orchestrated by offensives to kind of set up these situations. This one was they, they kind of did. It was the tackle on that side. He was he was pulling, but he didn't. It was just on that side, and he got out. Like they could do that all the time now. Yeah, just shift the guard to just go over one, boom, and then tackle leaves. Yep. It's whoever your most athletic guy is normally. Yeah. Like, all right, who's the guy that can move? Ryan Kelly. Uh, center for the Indianapolis Colts. He's incredibly – I'm so happy for him. I'm, he was 69th-ranked player, NFL Top 100. Hey. Quiet, oh, never wow. talks to anybody. Never, super quiet. Really cool dude. Really cool dude in the locker room. Went to Alabama. They showed a bunch of clips of Quentin Nelson mic'd up, and Ryan was sitting there. And those two just going through things – they seem like the coolest pair of humans on an NFL field at any time. Ryan Kelly, I guess, is a uh, also brainiac, brainiac. Uh, rain man. Type. Yeah. yeah, I guess he is like. Oh, you see there, and then Uh-oh. Quentin's like, oh, okay, yeah. And I think actually Quentin said, "I just fucked that guy up" or whatever. And uh, Ryan was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And it was just like, <laughs> yeah, casual, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like a casual <laughs> conversation on there. He was ranked 69th player in the NFL. I was so happy for him. Yeah, he deserves it. He never draws any type of. Anything. He's been hurt a couple of times, but every time he's in there, that Colts team is good. He can move. What? Hey, if you have everybody that can move on your line, I guess there's not a question for you, Diggs, but more so like AQ and them. Can? What if they get some double? I mean, yeah. What if there's a? If you have that, like a especially with the two running backs, if you have like Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor in your backfield, can you, you just pick? Do people ever? I don't know. I mean, there's always people that fake for screens and shit like that. But if you got like four guys that can move on your oh, offensive yeah. line, especially now with these rules, I mean, it is. That rule is going to be a big deal. Yeah. That's why the Steelers' line was great for a while because Pouncey and DeCastro were athletic as fuck and they were just moving them all over the place. It's so much fun when you get those big boys fucking turning a corner or whatever. That video that has now been. I guess outed as edited. Uh, oh, yeah. When Quentin Nelson oh, was yeah. pulling and yeah, and, and then he just blows a guy up. I guess he was not yelling that entire time. And watching the Ryan Kelly, I don't think Quentin Nelson is yelling much. By the way, it sounds yeah. like he's just like a super just eating people's lunches yeah, throughout like, the entire game. Yeah, it seems like he's like a real actual like. Oh, okay, yeah, I see that. Like pretty calculated. And then he gets out there, and it's just like oh, everybody kind of dies. But that edit of that video of him yelling and then hitting somebody, the internet loved it. Yeah, because that was that's, awesome. That's everything you want. And I think. I'm not sure how happy Quentin was if he's like, I'm not like that. He was pretty pissed. He was not happy about it. Oh, man, it's great that the NFL is back. Oh, it is, it is great that the NFL uh, uh, is back. When's the next start of a series of games? Thursday? Sort of I assume Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, I believe Patriots-Eagles again. And then will they move, since it's only three this year, they'll move those all up, I guess? There's actually, if you look at the schedule, there's like the third preseason game, and then there's kind of like a week off, and then it's the Thursday night opener. Yeah, always a week off because those are cut weekends. The there is um, well, then, wasn't it always like the fourth preseason game? Everyone played on a Thursday, and then there was that weekend off. Then it was the opener. Yes, this one I think it's like you, they play a weekend, and then the next weekend's off, and then it's the Thursday. More th- more off time. I could check, which yeah. is probably going to extend the amount of time to make the decisions because going into that last game on Thursday night, I think a lot of people knew what their teams were going to be already. It was just like a formality to get through this game, and then the cuts came that weekend, and then people would make think they made the team on monday oh i live a dream live a dream and then they're cut monday afternoon actually Ah, because everybody's learning of another team that's getting cut because that bottom uh depending upon what the roster looks like 15 10 to 15 people that is a waiver wire 
that is you're not just there's been a couple of teams that after training camp they've cut all the way up to like they only have 40 people on the roster or whatever and they're like what are you gonna do and they're like oh they just start picking up from other teams they're like, it's almost like when you're playing cards when you're like oh, i need five yeah like you get five like you want to kind of what's that called um in cards I don't play a lot of games that do this, but pinochle you do, you, you discard, you draw, know, draw, yeah, like hey, I need five more or whatever. Mm-hmm, yeah. There's teams that do that where they're like, listen, we we don't know who the last ten on our team are going to be, but it's got to be better somewhere else than the ten that we have right here. Well, and that's what Brandon Bean said to us last week. He was like, you know, at, at my preseason towards the end of it is just I'm looking at the last five to seven guys on our roster and the last five to seven guys on every other roster and just seeing if we can make you know a little bit of an improvement anywhere. You know how the way I normally act is like, hey, when something good happens to somebody, it's like, hey, we should acknowledge this. Mm-hmm. The amount, I think I stopped doing it about year five, I think, because it continued to backfire. Having lunch on that first day, you know, some rookie special teamer walks in, you know, mm-hmm. just made team out of nowhere, hardworking guy, you know. I'm like, hey, how about you, man? Dream come true. Let's go, dude. Congratulations. <laughs> and then we go into a meeting, and I never saw that guy again. That guy got cut 10 minutes later, yeah. It, it was damn near every year. And I think Vinatieri was the one who was like, are, you, are we going to stop congratulating people, man? Until about Wednesday? Like, let's wait until about Wednesday. I'm like, you're right, you're right. What am I supposed to say to these kids? Like, hey, good luck. Because they all think that they made the team as well. Oh, you know? That's so I'm not breaking. There's, no yeah. there's no reason for me and Vinny to go in and be like, uh, not yet, you know. Yeah. Like, that's not our style. We're like, hey, upbeat style. Mm-hmm. Like, good to see you. Good to see you. And then we just talk about the food. We would normally just completely direct the conversation elsewhere and get through there because there was a lot of awkward moments where it's like, man, I'm fucking so happy for you. And then they would tell us some very deep story, yeah. and it would be an entire thing. And then we go into that meeting, and it, you know, where, where you Vinny would be here? like. You remember what he told you about his mom and everything? Yeah, not happening anymore. They don't care. They, they cut his ass. <laughs> oh shit. Might have been fourth year, fourth or fifth year. I don't remember when it was, but going into that Monday after cut weekend, he was like, "Hey, let's not congratulate him." They probably appreciated it when he did it. Well, that's what I tried to do. Hey, hey, let's enjoy the moment there, you know. And when they, I I would hope that some of them, whenever they go elsewhere, they're like, you know, Pat and Vinny were really nice. Yeah, good guys. Guys are great. They were really nice. I mean, it was kind of like a precipice of the Grim Reaper showing up talking to me though. Yeah. There was one time, I think, as we were walking out of the cafeteria, old Grim Reaper was walking in. And I was like, dude, look at the table. Where's he going? Oh, just told that guy how happy I was for him. <laughs> hey, good luck out there, dude. You'll make it to him. Give him his last good memory as a, as a cult, you know? I just feel like sometimes that's probably not remembered. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like yeah, maybe not. more so it's just me and Vinny feeling bad for the entire family that just got cut. Yeah. Which people have to remember, whenever you hear these cut days mm-hmm. where teams are going down to 85 and then they're going down to whatever and then they're going down to whatever, remember that's an entire family's future getting cut there and maybe never, never, ever coming back. Ever. Ever. Let's have a moment of silence for all of them. We didn't want to do it, but oh, there's a lot of football careers that have been incredible. Absolutely incredible. Have lit up peewee football mm-hmm. fields, high school football fields, college football fields. Absolutely, whenever fans would go watch a lot of these guys play, they'd be like, hey, that's some bitch going to the NFL. Yep. He's a guy. That's a guy. We, we haven't had a guy like this in a long time. We got a guy. Yep. Maybe a town's first ever person. Hey, we got a guy. He's going to be in the NFL. He was in the NFL. There was news reports, there was excitement. 
and then all of a sudden there's a chance that a lot of these careers potentially going to end forever here coming up in the next couple weeks. Let's remember that. You had a hell of a run, even if you don't make it to the yeah. 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 Still in the NFL. And the Hall of Fame, too. And Hall of Fame. It, yeah. No, I don't think so. Right? Hey, listen. I won't be Mr. Rude Guy here, but if they had a week in preseason, they did not deserve being a fucking Hall of Fame. Okay, I don't want to look down on anybody. But can we have a little bit of... I don't want to pull out my... What do they say? I have a jump drive over there? Yeah. Archives? Yep. What is that? It's a jump drive, then. I just oh, yeah. On and it's USB, no, I think they it's just a, plug in. I think it's a vanilla folder. Like, they pull out of, like, filing yeah. cabinets. Oh. MC... What is it? M-A-C? <laughs> C-A. Yeah. Oh, here it is. They open it's just eight pages. Like, <laughs> wow. Kind of like God. What if they tape it up onto the wall? One of those old projectors. On the fridge. <laughs> Do you remember this play, Rager? <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to sound snooty, but if you only play one preseason game, I hope you don't get a manila folder or a projector over there. Yeah. Ken. But you did have a hell of a run. I appreciate you. Can't thank you enough for allowing us uh, in your day-to-day here. You know, Monday through Friday feels like we got a pretty consistent crew that allows us uh, to be a part of it. We're very thankful. We do not take that for granted. We will continue to try to put out above average shows, although we will miss the mark sometimes. If you enjoyed today's show, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Hashtag in the pod squad. I love yous so much. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Monday. Big show coming manana. We'll see you then.